All right, folks, welcome back to Hot Takes Only. I don't know what episode this is. I think we're at 21 now. Uh, it's only taken us like three years to get to this total <laughs> but between all the stuff that you and I have had going on in our personal lives. Uh, but yeah. we're back. We're ready to roll. We got another exciting week to break down in the world of baseball, Premier League football, soccer in general, NBA, random hot takes, you name it. You name it, we've got it. So, <laughs> Willie, good to have you back on the show as always. Oh, Yes, on. my guy. Hold on. I clicked away from that too quickly. Uh, yeah. Good to have you on the show, as always. No problem, my guy. Um, as soon as I get this rundown out of the way and get this one out of the way, we're going to be good to go. All right. We are golden. So, baseball. We got a lot of baseball this week. Yes, we do. Um, you and I both had a great discussion last week on the show about the wild card series and how it's going to be the most chaotic of any first round of the playoffs we've had in baseball and through two days we've had uh, or sorry three days we've had uh five teams advance with three still playing uh, as we're recording this now the dodgers are i believe a few outs away from from advancing to the nlds yeah they're uh they're four outs away from advancing actually no they're three outs away from advancing to the nlds yeah so the dodgers are three outs away from a trip back to the NLDS. Is Kenley uh, Jansen pitching? Who's pitching right now? I uh, believe he's going to come in and pitch. Um, okay. As, to the best of my knowledge. All yeah, right. I mean, Kershaw, Kershaw with eight shutout innings with 13 strikeouts. I mean, this looks like vintage Kershaw. And we talked about it last week where you and I discussed which Kershaw we would see over the course of the postseason. And, I mean, it's obviously a small sample size, but through, through the first game against the Brewers, it looks like Kershaw is going to be vintage Kershaw rather than playoff Kershaw. Uh, Dodgers fans listening to the podcast will for sure want to see. Uh, oh, and this is incredible! Kershaw, eight innings, thirteen mm-hmm. numbers, thirteen strikeouts, three hits. Yeah, I mean that that's incredible. Granted, it's a uh, it's a Brewers lineup that has had some injuries this year, and and Yelich hasn't been the same kind of player. Uh, you know, a lot of players have had down years, and of course with COVID, it's it's hard to kind of imagine what players would be if everyone had a full complete uninterrupted spring training uh but we don't have that luxury this year so it's it you know it is an interesting look at some of the teams that have made it but haven't made it past the first round and the brewers are one of them i did think for a minute they had the pieces it took to buy to get past the dodgers Uh, i personally didn't have a lot of faith in dodgers bullpen just based on on recency you know it's the recency bias and other factors that have have contributed to their their issues in october but i think at the end of the day they've shown they're a deep team they won 43 games in a 60 game season which is an incredible number and i think they're they're well equipped to make it to the world series again whether or not they actually win it of course is going to be up for discussion that's something we'll have to watch very carefully uh throughout the next couple weeks yeah no i think you know what Owen? i i I didn't think the brewers had enough personally to get you know i'm wrong about a lot of things but you know i didn't think they personally had enough obviously in a three-game series anything can happen but i I didn't think the brewers had enough to get by them i think we're really going to see the whether the dodgers are up to snuff next series potentially um but i mean great sign that kershaw came out like this i mean he could be the whole key to their entire season and and so far you know yesterday the bullpen had a really good day too so, you know, so far they've done good things to address the concerns we've had about them. Yeah, and when you look at the Dodgers starting pitching, that's when the question marks for me start to come in. 
you know what you're going to get from Walker Bueller. He's going to be he's going to give you a quality start if he's not going to be like a, a statistical quality start. It'll be five innings. It'll be at three runs or fewer, which in October can be the difference between a win and a loss. And it'll be six to ten strikeouts, something in that neighborhood. He's going to strike some guys out. He's going to he's maybe a walk or two. But Walker Bueller's really turned into the the leader of that staff uh, mm-hmm. with Clayton Kershaw, not necessarily in front of Clayton Kershaw, but as far as just going out there and performing, he's he's taken on that that mantle of the uh, not so much the Robin to Clayton Kershaw's Batman, but more so the the complimentary piece uh, that can also hold its own by itself. But I, I do think, though, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know whether I trust Bueller right now. I mean, he's been he this season. He's been up and down. He's had injury problems. You know, even yesterday, he didn't pit, he pitched I think four innings. Um, you know, good good pitching, but still, you know, I, I don't in order. I don't think it's a must for. It would really help them if Walker Bueller got back to Walker Bueller last year. But this is where the bullpen could come in to spell them. You know, I think, um, you know, one thing we've seen is that, you know, in the playoffs where teams are moving, you know, starters to the bullpen and, you know, Urias, like in the past, has been moved to the bullpen and he came up huge yesterday. So, you know, if the Dodgers can use that bullpen strength, if they get some, you know, mediocre starts or short starts, then they could definitely do it. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's it's going to be the strength of their their pitchers past Kershaw and Bueller, not necessarily just the bullpen, but the staff as a whole. With the ninth inning, you kind of know what to somewhat expect. It's going to be Kenley Jansen throwing cutters at 92 to 95. They can be really hard pitches to hit when he's on, but when he's off, it can be ugly. And that's something we saw towards the end of the season. He had one outing in particular. I don't think he got an out, but he gave up three or four runs. It it was a really rough outing, and I get it. It's one isolated incident, but... To have one of those very close to the playoffs can be a little concerning if you are a Dodgers fan. So that's that's one thing to watch for sure that I would say. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think in, in those, I mean, Kenley Jansen in, in the close games, you know, he, he, he is going to get the ball. I mean, that's going to be a really huge um, thing for the Dodgers. He absolutely has to be better. And it, it's tough. I understand but it's tough, right? Because closers obviously shoulder a lot of blame. But at the same time, you know, you're asking for it if you play that position, right? And uh, you know, unfortunately, he's had too many bad playoff experiences, and um, he has to be better. But oh, and I do want to mention one thing with the Dodgers, which is that I mean, we'd be. Do you know what the difference between this team is this year and last year? Who's that? What's the difference? Well. I mean, we'd be reminisced. We'd be hard pressed to say that you know Mookie Betts isn't making a huge difference. I mean, he he lived up to the billing in every sense of the word, and he's been their best player in the first two games. Yeah, I think. You know, so, he's so. Mookie Betts is good at baseball. That's we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna deny that he's, he's very right. good at baseball. He's all right. He's um, Mookie Betts is is but, very good at baseball. You know, in a in a in a Dodgers lineup that you know, can run hot and cold at times. Like he's been a really consistent force at the top of the order for that team. And I mean, if he plays like this, it's going to make the Dodgers a lot harder to beat because a lot of the guys on the roster can, can be inconsistent other than I would say Justin Turner is the one guy that's pretty consistent, but everybody else can be hot and cold sometimes. Yeah. And that's something, that's something with October is really important to keep an eye on. 
because you have guys who you know what you're going to get from him both regular season and postseason with some you don't know and kershaw is is obviously the one who gets talked about the most Mm. but i want to see guys like will smith and austin barnes what they bring to the plate obviously they're they're the two catchers on the team and they're the two guys who are kind of going to platoon more than others uh, mm-hmm. But those two, the Chris Taylors, the Jock Petersons, the Max Muncy, Muncy's had a down year in pretty much yeah, every yeah. statistical category. And mm-hmm. he's also, you know, he's I think he's on the wrong side of 30 now. So it's it's interesting to see what their splits look like between regular season and postseason. I guarantee they don't look great. But for a lot of players, your your splits between regular and postseason, unless your name's Yachty or Molina, which we'll talk about him in a minute. Mm-hmm. Unless you're unless you're Yadi Molina, your splits between regular and postseason aren't going to usually be great. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> usually get a bigger sample size in the regular season, but that's sure. that's besides the point. Sure, yeah, and I think you know um, Mookie Betts really he really exemplifies that. He plays the game the right way. He's really locked in. He's you know he he's not strikeout prone. He makes contact. He takes pitches. He doesn't chase. He plays great defense all the time. He's very consistent you know yep. and he's he's exactly the kind of player the Dodgers need in that in that lineup yeah he sets a table and he he delivers when when required he's just one of those players who he's just he's very good at baseball we'll leave it at that would you say his how what do you think about his postseason performance in Boston it was honestly I'd say it was a little bit of hot and cold uh, yeah. I think this, he didn't get his first yeah. postseason RBI in his career until uh, the World Series against the Dodgers, Yeah, which that can be alarming to some extent. But then you also have to realize the role he played in Boston. Mm-hmm. It was a split between your leadoff set the table kind of guy and your bona fide number three hitter. So, sure. it, Which is the big difference. <laughs> exactly. And where you hit in the lineup is going to be very... It, you know it's it's going to show up more in your stats sheets i think than people would anticipate uh but at the end of the day i think he's he once he got that proverbial um weight off his shoulders then he started to settle in and be more comfortable and start producing on levels that we've come to expect both in the regular season and the postseason yeah i mean yeah i, I agree with you i mean i think you know it's it's i i brought that up because you know um there are there are some fans who have criticized Betts for his inconsistent and at times poor you know postseason performance, uh, particularly from the plate. Uh, and so, you know, it, to to see him play this well in the postseason, it's it's a really big thing. And you know, I look. I only think that I think that the Yankees are the only team, if the Dodgers play to their potential, that can beat them when the Dodgers are are playing well. Particularly and particularly looking in the National League, I think if the Dodgers play like this, they're you know clear front runners, honestly. So you know something to watch for sure. So you'd say they're bigger front runners than than your San Diego Padres. Well, if you remember, I I did change my pick to Cleveland, <laughs> but uh, they're out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I also just want to say one more thing, Owen, about about the Dodgers, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, I I wonder if there's something, you know, I feel like they don't get, to, like, when you, when you talk about, like, the teams that have struggled in the postseason, right, you, you think of the Braves, 
you think of Cleveland. But for whatever reason, this Dodgers team has been at this for so long, ever since Don Mattingly was the manager. And, you know, Grinky was on the staff. They've had great teams. And I, I just wonder why they don't get more. It doesn't feel like they get the same scrutiny that other teams do. Well, I mean, I, I can't speak for the, the clubhouse culture on, on a more than a surface level. I mean, when I was interning with the Dodgers network, as you were at, you know, I was lucky enough to be yeah. in the clubhouse a couple of times and, and there, there didn't really seem to be, you know, it, it seemed very just professional, I guess is one way to put it. I mean, you know, that's what you expect from a professional sports team is the guys are going to go, they're going to show up and be professional, but you know, it did, we didn't get the sense, obviously it's probably different with the media in there, but you didn't get the sense that guys were really loose and, you know, they were as, I guess, carefree as you'd, you'd expect from a team that plays in Los Angeles. But, you know, at the same time, it, there's a lot of different things that can weigh on you in October that are just different yeah. from other months, whether it's the weight of expectation. I mean, I don't think people expected the Dodgers to even be in this position as, as recently as, what, eight years ago? Yeah, that's right. Uh, before they were bought out by the group consisting mm-hmm. of Magic Johnson and a few others. So, right. you know, it, it could be a number of things, but I, I don't think it's anything to do with one particular player or one particular moment. Uh, obviously, being on the wrong end of the Astros cheating scandal yeah. is not fun, and that's something you kind of have to take in, into consideration as well. Last mm-hmm. year, they ran into one of the hottest teams in baseball that October's really ever seen. It was, it was a flash in the pan for sure just to see how consistently yeah. every player on the Nats, every it seemed like every every star had a, had a great series. Every role player had a great series. Every pitcher had a great series. And that's okay. something you rarely see from a team that, that ends up winning the World Series. But, you know, the Nats ended up winning and, and you know, hats off to them. But it just it just seems like it's it, they're, they weren't built for the long-term success that the Dodgers are. And and part of me is wondering, you know, for, for as much as we see success in the lineup, both homegrown and acquired mm-hmm. for the Dodgers – um, you don't necessarily see as much of it in the pitching staff outside of Bueller and and Dustin May, and that's something I think that it yeah it could be a player development thing, it could be a clubhouse thing, it could be any any number of factors. And it's not Dave Roberts. I, I want to stress this especially yeah. to to any Dodgers fans who are listening to this. Your the problem is not Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts is one of the most accomplished baseball players uh, who switched over to managing. Sure. He's also one of the smartest baseball people you'll ever talk to, just as far as his ability to synthesize analytical information from the front office and deliver that to his players and to keep his players all kind of buying into that same message mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, this is this is how you go about it. I mean, Dave Roberts has been on championship winning teams before. He's been around the game forever. He, you know, if for, for someone on the outside, I would trust his, his judgment more than I would someone else. There was some stupid, there was a bunch of really stupid stats for the Dodgers last year where, you know, effectively you look at players like Cody Bellinger, who's last year the yeah. league MVP, players like Cody Bellinger, players like AJ Pollock and Jock Peterson, Joe yeah. Kelly also had a horrendous postseason. Yeah. Uh, you can't pin this on one, on one person in particular. It's a collective failure and it's a collective success. And that's why, you know, we can get into this more when we talk about basketball or other sports on shows. But when, when people, when talking heads in sports media decide to use team statistics to talk about yeah. individual success and individual glory, it drives me insane because how sure. can you hope to quantify how good one player is when they're part of a team? 
it's it's so stupid and it it drives me insane when when people like skip sure. bayless are like well lebron's three and six in the finals lebron right. has had very few all pro right. teammates and the t- the years he's had all pro teammates guess what he did they won the title it's not a one-man show and he right. dr- he dragged that cleveland cavaliers team in what was it 2007 in 2008 he dragged yeah. them to the finals uh, they did not can- contribute to his success they he had to drag them yeah he literally did i mean that team had no other all-stars on it exactly <laughs> um yeah you know what Owen? it's a it's a tough thing right um because you know the coach obviously will always shoulder the blame and then like you mentioned there are a number of guys bellinger was a great example where he was like first two months of the season incredible then you know just got in the postseason and, and struggled but you know, and, and that's why I think, to be honest, though, that's why I think, right, it's it's just like you have to be – if you're if you're not like a player and super informed about the in-depth X's and O's and have been in the locker room, you, all, you should be really selective in when you criticize. And that's why I think when it comes back to Dave Roberts, there are times with the bullpen management where I think that's a valid criticism. But when it comes to player performance, there's no doubt players have – you know, underperformed. Um, and and leading back, tying that back to this year, I wonder if that's a concern in the sense that, you know, Bellinger Muncy, and Muncie really haven't been themselves the whole year. Um, and, you know, and, and they've gotten great play from others, like, you know, Seager and Pollock and um, Betts. But I wonder if that's, a, con- that's a, a concern, right? And that's something that shouldn't fall on the manager, right? Yeah, and it's interesting you you bring up bullpen management because I think that's that's obviously one of the things he gets slated for more so than other managers when when things don't go well. But bullpen management it's one of those weird things because, um, it, or just just bringing players off the bench and I mean this this applies to sports in general. But I mean we're yeah. we're focusing on baseball specifically. Will you saw in last night's game against uh, Cleveland against New York, mm-hmm. where there was one of the most boneheaded decisions on paper that you've ever seen. You have Josh, you have Naylor, who's one of the hottest hitters in the postseason, not just on the team, but in the postseason. And he gets benched in favor of another player who's Mm -hmm. pinch hitting for the first time. Yeah. It it doesn't, it doesn't make sense on paper, but he comes up in the clutch and delivers a huge game tying hit. And it's one of those things where when it works out, you're a genius. When it fails, you're a goat and not in the good way. No, that's right. No, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, right. Uh, that that's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, no, that, that's a really good point. And I, I guess you know, it's just one of those things, right? Where it's just you you don't want to you want to avoid those glaring mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, or you know, why pitch pitch Joe Kelly for a second inning when he hasn't pitched two innings in like months you know what i mean like stuff like that yeah you know um so it, but you know what it, it's a tough one um mm-hmm. but I, I i think the dodgers are definitely the clear front runners right now yeah they're, they're they have to be favorites in the national league for sure and they played like it throughout the regular yeah. season even when bellinger and muncie struggled and i just oh oh yeah for sure and that, that's and that was part of my concern getting the playoffs right is is just at, same thing this year at times they got Early in the season, they got way too reliant on the home run ball, um, and like you said, there were struggles. Different guys they, they couldn't they couldn't get their whole lineup going, you know, at the same time. Um, but honestly, and, and I, I mentioned this before, um, with the fact that 
Lamette and Clevenger are not on the roster for the Padres, it completely changes the dynamic. And, you know, I don't think that either team has enough to get past the Dodgers in the next round. Um, and, I mean, maybe on the other side we'll get a Cinderella story, maybe the Marlins or the Braves, but I, I think the Dodgers got to be the clear favorites in the National League. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree as far as them being the front runner. Though I, I will say though, should should the Padres end up winning tomorrow and and moving on to play the the division division rival Dodgers, uh, that'll be one of the more entertaining series I think in yeah. the uh, division series, the division sure. round, just because yeah. the Padres are. I don't even know how many words you can use to describe it, but they're just, they're the most fun team in baseball. They're just, they're just playing yeah. the game and having fun. And that's something oh, yeah. that this, that baseball sorely needs as a team that just does not care about your yeah. unwritten rules, does you not see, care about your you feelings. You see Tatis today? What are you doing? <laughs> his, his bat flipping was out of yeah. control and it's amazing. We need more of it. more Fernando Tatis juniors in this game and fewer Madison Bumgarners who, get pissed off when they give up 500 foot bombs like that's yeah. that's your fault if you're a pitcher like I, you know obviously my baseball career ended very very early and never really had one to begin with <laughs> but i was a pitcher and when i gave up a bomb or a, a a rocket into the gap that that's me i threw it right down the middle or i threw it in a really hittable spot it's not it's it's not showing anybody up it's just it's just bad pitching and you have to tip your cap. You know, if you make a mistake, you're going to get punished for it, especially at the highest level. And when you do, you just have to say, you know what? I made a mistake. It's my fault. If the, you know, if they're going to flip their bat, they're going to flip their bat. I allowed that to happen. I put that in, I made it possible. And I love it. And, um, you know, I really loved, um, I, you're, you're so right Owen. Um, you, they should have more of that in the game and they should allow that. And I, I thought, um, actually Freddie Freeman gave a great remark to the media when, they asked him about uh, what it, what he thought about Trevor Bauer, you know, kind of celebrations, I guess, after, you know, when he was pitching well in game one. And he was like, he's like, yeah, we saw we did, but we don't mind. You know, if you pitch, you know, eight innings of shutout baseball, you have every right to do that. You know, mm-hmm. we just got to hit better. Exactly. It's, that's, that's the kind of attitude that we need more of in baseball and less of the kind of, well, you know, don't swing 3-0 when you're up seven and, runs. And, and, and I just, I, to that point, it's fun, man, and and you really want fans in the postseason to tune in and have a fun time. And mm-hmm. I will say, from that standpoint, I'm rooting for the Padres to win because they, these teams had good battles in the regular season, and like that'll be a fun series. If you're a neutral, there'll be a lot of you know um, maybe trash talk. There'll there'll be some back and forth. There'll be a lot of scoring in that series. Like it'll be a really exciting for the neutral fan to watch if they were to reach. Yeah, and you know some maybe stupid plays by the Padres too, but you know, right. And we obviously can't discount the Cardinals either because they get to throw ho hum Jack Flaherty out there for game three. Uh, that's a pretty nice game three starter to throw it at anyone. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a tough task for the Padres. Yeah. He hasn't been himself. Yeah. But But, when uh, you have a guy who just has the raw stuff of Jack Flaherty and and the experience of, of, shall I put it lightly, shoving at the Braves' ass last year in Game 5. Uh, he, yeah. he knows oh, he how to get a, it done in October. He, he was, he was last year, he was incredible. He um, was lights yeah, out. I, 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 I give, just in terms of experience and the fact that they, they're starting Flaherty and they have a good bullpen, I'm giving them the edge in Game 3 tomorrow. But 
I mean, if they were to get through, I don't think that they have enough to beat the Dodgers. They don't. They they can't score enough. I don't think. Yeah. No. That's that's a that's a a fair prediction. I'd say, and I I wouldn't disagree with it so much as I would say I'd be rooting for the Padres just because they it it feels like they'd be, have more fun and you know that that would oh, be yeah. sure. you know it's the we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or last week it's the sexy pick it's the one you want to see it's the one that's sure. going to grab the headlines it's one that's going to yep. it's going to jump out at you and and uh, it absolutely is a sexy pick it's what people want to see and it'll be a competitive series i mean look i, I don't want to i'm sorry if there are any cardinals fans listening to this podcast but i you know what man it's just like look last year the cardinals um and i I thought the same thing last year, which was that I I didn't know if the Braves could get over the line in that series, but if they did, I thought that the Braves had a better chance, at least. They had more firepower going forward. You know, the Cardinals made it to the NLCS and got swept, I think. Was it swept or was it five games? Uh, I, I can't remember. I think I think they got swept. It, it, okay. was, it was four or five games. It was not a close okay. series. So, so the point is, I mean, and look, I could be wrong, but I just don't foresee it being a very competitive series if they were to get through. And I think that even though the Dodgers could still win the short series, I think it would be very competitive if the Padres were to make it. Yeah. While we're on the Padres and, and Cardinals series, before we head yeah. up, uh, head to the last matchup um, and talk about the Braves a little bit, hopefully not too much, um, <laughs> postseason Yadier Molina. That's yeah, it. That's all I have to say. He's, in, he's incredible in the postseason every single year. Every single year, he just gets whether it's just a, a one base hit here, a double into the gap here. It's not the home runs usually. It's not that sometimes it'll just be a sack fly. But for whatever reason, Yadier Molina just becomes one of the best hitters in baseball when the calendar flips to October. Yeah, no, he's he's an incredible. Hitter I mean, in the that to go with the defensive, just yeah, you don't want to run on him. You don't want to try to take a huge lead off of him. He's probably the best defensive catcher, at least of this generation, if not all time. Yeah. I, I can't think of any other catcher who's had that kind of ability to affect the run game and to deliver Bench. in October the way he Bench. has his entire career. Bench? Yeah, I, I, I'd give you Johnny Bench, but that's that's a tough one, though, because yeah. run on him, yada your mind. Sure. You got to tape your cap to Yadi Molina. Do you think that... Maybe given the game has changed a little bit, maybe that means he's either underrated or overrated. I mean, depends on how you look at. It. In the sense that you know, teams may not run as much as they used to and stuff. I'd I'd still say he's pretty underrated for for a lot of people. I mean, I I think age plays a big part of it. I think yeah. defensively, he's widely regarded as the best in baseball these yeah, these days. Yeah. But I yeah. think people are overlooking the fact that every year in October, he's just there. If the Cardinals are there, he's getting big hits for them. Just it, it doesn't matter the year, doesn't matter the roster around him. He's just getting big hit after big hit every single year. Part, it's a huge part of his legacy. Yeah, you know? and exactly. It's a huge part of his legacy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man. But exciting exciting game to watch tomorrow, so that'll be a big one. Padres, yeah. Cardinals, Wait. game three. Who do you got? Uh, it's, it's honestly a toss-up. I, I do like the way the Padres fought back today. So they do have momentum, and they do have – that confidence that they can go out and beat the Cardinals. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't, I don't know if they can, it, it just depends what Jack, which Jack Flaherty shows up. If 2019 playoffs, Jack Flaherty shows up, they're done because yep. he's, he's just going to, he, he'll, if he's, if he's on, he's going to throw seven plus and just shove it. Yeah. Right. 
right where the sun don't shine and you don't you don't want to face that if you're if you're any team especially a team that's that's feast or famine off the long ball mm-hmm. um that said for a guy who throws as hard as jack flaherty it's gonna be you know if if tatis can square one up <laughs> and if they can chase him early get to the cardinal bullpen which they touched up today they then did. it'll mm-hmm. be it'll be a really exciting game and i didn't expect us to get any you know blockbuster games in the wild card series but here we are also i i just want to say i mean you know i i thought i mean with adam wainwright on the mound with his experience and how good he's been i, I thought this was a wrap truthfully but they yeah good for them yeah i mean wainwright just if he could channel 2006 wainwright then they were done but you know age has caught up with him for sure and i don't even think i expected him to be be playing this season i think he's what is he 30 how old is he these days he's he's He's, mid 30s for sure 30s he's late 30s yeah i think so it's pretty incredible just an incredible career on the whole but just was not expecting that from him in the slightest Uh, i do want to talk about the other series because it was delayed and we won't we won't potentially know who's going to move on who's going to be the last team in the nl Mm -hmm. until saturday which yep. I think is much later than a lot of people are anticipating, but mm-hmm. Mother Nature has other ideas, especially in Chicago. But uh, how about the Marlins? How about the yep. Marlins winning game one? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, um, I I think the Marlins are better than the Cubs. I'm just going to say it. Wow. I think they're better. Um, Cubs can't sc- – they, they don't have a very good offense. Um, yeah, look, the, the I think that um, – if Marte can't play, that's going to be a huge blow to them. But they've got some – look, they've got a deep lineup. They've got some really – they have a really interesting, like, cast of, like, old and, like, young guys on their team combined with some really talented pitchers. So mm-hmm. I think they're a really dangerous team. And obviously they've got nothing to lose, you know? That's true. I mean, no one's expecting them to be here. I wasn't expecting them to be here even with the expanded format. But yet here they are. They had a negative run differential during the season. I think it was around negative fifty. Yeah, it's really weird, right? Like but they, but they here they are. They're in October. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the one thing that the short season is kind of doing in the expanded playoff format, which I don't personally love for 162 game seasons. For a short season, sure, it's fine. But mm-hmm. for 162 games, it takes away the importance of individual games. And yep. for his team, for a, a sport that already has 162 regular season games as is. It's you don't each game is going to mean that much less if more than half the teams are making the postseason. So for this season, it's great. And, you know, teams like the Astros and the Yankees wouldn't even have made it if if not for the expanded format. Uh, But, you know, here we are just as to the craziness. And, you know, like you were saying, I think the Marlins have a they have an interesting, uh, interesting approach this year. Uh, Yeah. Just the the strength of their their one two punch at the start of the uh, start of the rotation with Alcantara yeah, a couple uh-huh. days ago and um, Sixto Sanchez going tomorrow. Yep. So that'll be an exciting game as well, and I think it just depends on on whether or not Sanchez for someone who throws as hard as he can, if he can command his fastball and, and more importantly just have a good feel for his secondary stuff and mm-hmm. just be able to stay in the moment and not get too hyped up, not get too amped up for each individual thing and. You know, if he's if he's on, I think we'll have a, a we may have an upset in our hands. Yeah, I mean, you know what's it's, what's so interesting about that man is like you think about Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez, and uh, Sandy Alcantara, all three young, really good young starters. Like 
you know, the Marlins, like, they, they, they've got a really bright future in that sense. Yeah. Um, and also, just, like, I just want to touch on it, too, which is really interesting, right? Which is, like, yes, the Marlins haven't been in the postseason since when? Was it the last time they won it? 2007? No, 2003. No, 2003. 2003. Yeah, 2003. Three. They've never won. They've never lost a postseason series. Jeez. Okay. So, all I'm just gonna say though was like they had a lot of older, like experienced guys like mm-hmm. Corey Dickerson, yeah. uh, Aguilar. Um, you know, some of these guys have been you know around for a while, albeit not experienced a ton of success. So, yeah, if they look, if they. They can if they can get Marte back. If I mean they've got a chance for sure. Yeah, it just depends on Marte. It depends on on the young guys. But uh, it was an interesting thing to talk about. You know, it's it's an interesting dynamic when you think about if you're if you're either a rookie or a young second year player in the bigs. You sometimes don't feel that pressure because you don't know better. Yep. On the other hand, you don't have the experience when in clutch situations. In big moments, you can stay present in the moment and not, you know, and and stay in control of your process and just do things the same way over and over. And Mm -hmm. I think with guys like Tatis, who came up in a huge spot today and just hit a piss missile to left. Yeah. uh, I think that that shows you that game one was probably just nerves. Game two, not as much. And then he did it again. And I think that's... That can be bad. I mean, not not to spend too much time on the on the Cardinals and Padres series, but that's that can be a bad sign. So going back to that, it, it's all about whether or not these young players have the the conus, if you will, to go right. up there and and just not be afraid of anything, and yeah. still have the wherewithal to be able to control their emotions and stay present in the moment and be able to just go through that process. And I think that'll that'll suit them. I think long term. Um, regardless of how this experience turns out for them. Yeah. You know what, man? If you, when you get in the postseason, like, that scar tissue, I feel like, sometimes probably plays a part, huge part mentally, right? So if you got nothing to lose, you just go out there, mm-hmm. play loose, you know? And, and that's what they did. Come yeah. back late in the game. Exactly. I, I mean, it, it's like it's like MLB's marketing line this year. Let the kids play. Let the, let let, the kids play. Let the play, kids man. play. Yeah, wow. And I do, I do love that there's a... a I guess if you ask most people, they're they're kind of thrilled with Tatis and his his attitude this season. He's he's not going to care about your unwritten rules. He's not going to care about your your feelings. Yeah. If you're going to throw him a cookie three zero, he's going to go yard. He's going to swing and he's going to yeah. bat. He's going to flip that bat as hard as he can, and it's going to be glorious because yep. pitcher making. If you make a mistake three zero to a professional hitter, y- you won't expect that ball back anytime soon. Yeah, no, for sure. He's dude. He's he's the most exciting player in baseball. He's the face I mean, of baseball right now. Let's say it. He's he's the future and the face. Present, he at, yeah, he's the present and future of baseball right now. Is he your favorite player? Uh, right now, uh, probably not. Okay. Um, he's okay. he's he's up there. He's he's in the top list for sure. But the the guy occupying that spot is um, he plays uh, not too far from where I am right now, over at uh, Chavez Ravine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <sighs> quick note, quick note on the Cubs. Um, speaking of um, postseason, uh, I, and look, I, I know that you know. Look, like I said, I don't really give the Cubs a good chance. But speaking of a, a guy with postseason legacy, um, 
you Darvish mm. um, after you know his you know poor World Series for the Dodgers you know two bad starts um, he has a chance to really salvage the Cubs season and you know him you know maybe save them going forward and, and maybe help get them over the hump going forward I mean they're going to be very reliant on him and Hendricks so mm. that could do a lot for for Darvish. Yeah. And especially, especially his, his first two years in Chicago, it was very much indifferent to not that great. This yep. year, he's been, he's been good. Very one good. of the front runners for the Cy Young. I don't think he's going to win it ultimately. I think that'll go to Trevor Bauer, who's oh, pitching out of his mind right now. Oh my but gosh. when you think about what he's been able to do as far as a turnaround is concerned, it's really impressive. And especially where he has been in his career as a member of the uh, both the Cubs and um, the Dodgers. Yep, and I think, like you said, he he has a chance to salvage a more than just a reputation, just more th- more of a confidence that you know yeah. you give him the ball in October, he's going to give you the same results he gives you during the whole one sixty two or sixty in this case. That's what you want with him. That's mm-hmm. what you want. With him. You you need you need the guy. He <laughs> they paid that much money to be able to give this guy the ball in any situation as a starter or even coming out of the bullpen if necessary in in October to be like, you're the guy you're going to go shut it down. And that's it. They're not mm-hmm. getting it. They're not scoring at all off you. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's absolutely right. Well said. I do. I do want to switch over to the American league though, because we had some potential for some upsets. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. The Braves. We got to talk about no, it. Can we not? I'd, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to not talk uh, about the Braves today. All right, all right. I mean, okay, so you're like it, superstitious. No, it's not that. It's it's. I don't. I don't want to hype up a team that I know is going to break my heart again. I don't want to do it. I, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of. We haven't even mentioned the, the fact that the Falcons did it again. Yeah, they, they did it again. The same. The same thing. And there wasn't one boneheaded play this time. It was just a, a comedy of errors. We'll talk They're about the Falcons later. Um. With the Braves, yeah, I loved what I saw today, specifically out of Ian Anderson, who yeah. I learned actually grew up a Red Sox fan, so we have yeah. that in common. There you go. I mean, I grew up a Braves fan too. Let's let's not sugarcoat it. Um, Ian Anderson, phenomenal debut in the postseason, great outing as a whole. Braves pitching staff shut it down. Completely score what was it uh, nine, 29 scoreless innings for the Braves, yeah. shutouts in both games, twenty two strikeouts. Twenty two, uh, absolutely phenomenal pitching performance against a team that really is feast or famine. But you do have to give credit when credit is due. Well, okay, actually, I don't want to understate this. They're actually a historically bad offense, which is weird because normally Cincinnati has a good offense, but um, historically bad. But don't want to take away still great pitching. Yeah, and uh, you know, you hey, you said it. I mean, Max Fried did what he does, and then you know. Aaron Anderson got the ball game too and, and lived up to the billing and you know Melanson came in shut the door so hey yeah. that, that answered your call now can they do that against the better team I'm, I don't know but hey that's a great maybe getting over the hump against this team man is like whether they win this year or not good good going forward well okay so I'll say this with a caveat that the Braves winning a postseason series is the first postseason series they've won since 2001. At the same time, this is not the same format 
This is not a division series. It's not the same as a best of five. It is a best of three. With a best of three series, you can hide so many flaws in your starting rotation because you yeah. only have to win two games. That's right. Every pitcher not named Ian Anderson <coughs> and Max Freed in the starting rotation keeps me up at night because I know exactly what's going to happen. If, if this series had gone to game three, there's no way the Braves would have won because no matter who they roll out there, they're not going to give you the same kind of production that Freed or Anderson would give you. And then they have yeah. to hand it over a bullpen to, pl- p- to pitchers who have to go more than one inning. Guys like Shane Green have to pitch more than one inning. Guys like Chris Martin would have to pitch more than yeah. Mark Melanson more than one inning. Any <laughs> of those three having to pitch more than one inning scares me, quite frankly. They and I'm surprised. They're good pitchers. They're good pitchers. I don't. I don't. They know. scare you. Okay. It's. it's okay. Uh, All right. You know, um, I've watched the bullpen, and I've been pleasantly surprised by what I've seen this year. Uh, Shane yeah. Green, I think, is still the weak link in the bullpen, and I think. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think he's not he's not cut out for for big moments in October. He was great with the Tigers. What was it last year before yeah. he got traded to the Braves? Great with uh, the Tigers, and then couldn't get it together in Atlanta, or wasn't as good as we had hoped he was going to be. Yeah. Uh, he was part of the reason we also didn't beat the Cardinals. We should have beaten the Cardinals on multiple opportunities, but that's neither here nor yeah. there. Sure. Um, Fulton Evans is no longer with the team because he would have been. Yeah, ninety five right down the middle again. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what happens every time I talk about Atlanta sports. It just gets into this this self deprecating nightmare of, oh my god, here we go again. And you know, my roommate and I were getting into this a little earlier today, and it's like, you know, he's he was grilling me for being basically ungrateful for the fact that the Braves have a World Series in their history and the Mariners don't. And he's a Seattle fan. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's more of a philosophical discussion. Would you rather your team never make the playoffs or very rarely make the playoffs? Or would you rather your team consistently be in the playoffs and every time they're in the playoffs, they either lose in embarrassing fashion or don't make it out of the first round? So it's like, wh- why do I even bother? What is the point of you making the playoffs if you're not going to even yeah. remotely contend for silverware? And if you are going to contend for silverware... Yeah. You're, you're gonna choke on the highest level. I mean, it's 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 a pick your poison kind of deal, and it's it's they're not two situations you want, but there's the ones you're given. Back to the Braves though, um, they're gonna play uh, the winner of the Marlins and Cubs series. Mm-hmm. If they play the Marlins, I'm scared. I'm scared they're gonna lose in a five game oh. series to the Marlins because okay, one of those two between Freed and Anderson is gonna regress to the mean a little bit. Uh huh. The problem is, if they regress to the mean even a little bit, they have yep. to deal with Sandy Alcantara and Sixto Sanchez. Yep. One of those two guys is going to put together a gem against the Braves' offense, who strikes out a lot. If if this if this series was any indication, oh yeah, this team has a strikeout in them. Well, I, I want to ask you. All right, so you know I'm going to be a critic a critic here. I'd say shit on. Um, well, I mean, look, I, I just want – maybe this – I'm pulling the anti-jinx for you, bro. No, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, look, I, I was get, I wanted to ask you whether you thought that was a trend, something to be worried about, or just, you know, a bad game. Because I just wanted to say, I mean, that was bad baseball, game one. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad all around. It was, it was really poor. And honestly, like, it was just – the quality was really low. And I, I – 
So I think, look, Atlanta has one of the top offenses. I'm not... But if you think the strikeouts is an issue, then that could be a problem. It's I, I think it's an issue, and it's it's one that is is pretty concerning when you consider the fact that the guys the Marlins are going to throw out if it is indeed the Marlins uh, th- have strikeout stuff. These yeah. guys are these guys are not. I mean, their statistics may not back this up, but when you think about the potential is there for strikeouts versus the Braves yeah. lineup, who's who mm-hmm. can strike out a lot. Uh, you think of Marcelo Zuna. Pretty free yeah. swinger. Doesn't really care if he strikes out or not. He's a very good hitter, but has a strikeout or two in him. Mm-hmm. Acuna, same thing. Acuna's one of our better hitters, but he's, he has a strikeout in him as well. Uh, Travis Darno is basically a walking strikeout, as is Adam Duvall. <laughs> it's funny. That's Adam cool. Duvall hit a home run today, but he's he's basically struck out every other time he's been at the plate. I mean, it's, it's, it's like every time I watched him, he struck out. Travis Darno, <laughs> I don't even think he got a hit in this series. Uh, Nick Markakis. I want to. I want to talk about Nick Markakis really briefly. Uh, Nick Markakis, going into the series, had four hits. Yeah. As a member of the Atlanta Braves in the postseason, four total okay. in his career, in the postseason with the Braves. Oh, wow, that's awesome. He had two this series. That's good. Hey, that's a good sign. He's still hitting below two hundred. Career in the postseason. Yeah, for, that's uh, for someone right. who has over twenty three hundred hits in his career. Yeah. That's awful. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, it's awful. You always bring up Marquez, bro. You always bring up Marquez. Because I, I just don't think he's he's good enough to warrant the money that he's being paid or the number that he was he was given Jason Hayward's number the year after Jason Hayward was traded. <laughs> it's a, it's straight up disrespectful for one of the players the Braves were so high on when he first came up, and all of a sudden they just cast him aside because they didn't think they wanted to pay him. This drives me nuts every time I think about the front office decisions with Hart and couple and. Coppolella, whatever his name was, this dumbass who got banned for yeah. life. It, it drives me insane thinking about what could have been a great Braves team. 2013, one of the best teams in baseball. Just happened to run into a really hot Dodgers team. 2014, not a great year. What do they do in the offseason? They blow the whole thing up. Kimbrell's gone. Upton's gone. Simmons is gone. Hayward's gone. All of their yeah, good players, fair, just gone. To, to be fair, though, like, you know, and I, I agree with you. That's really frustrating. And they look, they had a very talented team. That team should have stayed. But at the same time, if you think about it, right? Like, um, you know, Hayward and Upton. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they've been great. You know, like um, Kimbrel's had his moments, but you know, but yeah, I agree. That's really frustrating. They just blew up the whole project. They, and, they blew up the team when they didn't need to, and it was only because. John Hart thought it'd be best for the franchise. John yeah. Hart's out of baseball now. And John Coppolella is also is banned from... <laughs> he's not just out of baseball. He is banned from baseball for life. He's wow. in Pete Rose territory. Yeah, that's... that's so that's, there's no justification for doing what he did. And yeah. it's, it's a credit to Alex Anthopoulos as a GM. Yeah, this team really is succeeding really in spite of what happened from 2014 to 2017. In spite mm. of that. And they're, yeah. they're, here they are in the postseason, about to break our hearts again. We, as an Atlanta sports fandom, knowing all too well what choking on the biggest stage is like every single time. <laughs> I, I could honestly cut an Atlanta sports rant from our podcast every single week, and it, it would read the same way. It's just like, hey, let's not talk about our team. Okay, we're going to talk about it, and then get angry, and then get... Uh, gonna, uh, <laughs> please yeah. make it stop. Just don't make the playoffs anymore. I'm done. I don't want yeah. to watch you. In the, I don't want to watch you in October. Please. It's tough. 
it's tough. It's it's tough, man. Yeah, I think those front office decisions are tough. But and yeah, man, like you said, just every year being a powerhouse in that division and then coming into the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's tough, man. But it'll be rewarding one of these years when we win it. Yeah, hopefully before just one before I die. That's all I ask. One, there you go. <laughs> one championship from a big three sport in Atlanta. Atlanta United, we've talked about it there. It's great for the city. The city goes hard for Atlanta United. The MLS on the whole, though, is not nearly as good as the other three leagues, uh, just relative to being a big sports league in this country. It's not a very good league to begin with. Mm-hmm. And the less we discuss that, the better. Sure. So the first one's going to be sweet. I'm not going to deny that. But for my money, it's not going to happen this year. It's... The the cards were stacked against the Braves this year when Mike Soroka went out uh, yeah. after his first start, and I just I I don't know I just haven't had any faith in the rotation or the pitching staff. Uh, the bullpen pleasantly surprised me though. I will I will say that. Uh, what do they got in long relief? Long relief. It's it, it it's really not a long relief guy. I mean, you think of the two lefties, um, AJ Minter and Tyler Matzik. Minter. Mm-hmm. Raised Mitchell, my blood ple- my blood pressure way too you know, high because he he pitched in and out of a jam which you cannot do if you have the yeah. lowest ERA among lefties in the National League I think in baseball yeah, um, yeah, it's fair. yeah. Shane Green Melanson obviously the closer yeah. uh, Will Smith also a lefty so it's it's yeah, th- it, there's no real long relief and that's what worries but, me but the thing is dude it's like if they can just like on the, so on the plus side I don't want to like freak your heart but like look like I know they give her, you know, uh, you get it gave you a little heart pressure elevation. But look, you know, Minter is a good pitcher, and very good pitcher. And uh, you know, Will Smith, not having, you know, he's it's not like you know San Francisco, but um, he, he, you know, he's got good stuff um, for a reliever. So if they can look, and they have a very deep lineup this year, it's as good as ever, I would say. So. If they can just get to the fifth or the sixth inning close, it gives them a chance, right? Yeah. I mean, the bullpen, I definitely feel better about it this year than I did last year. But, again, yeah. it's it's not necessarily the bullpen. As the Nationals last year showed us, it's your starting pitching. And how good are your starters more than beyond just one and two? And yeah. outside of Freed and Anderson, I don't think there's a guy I have any confidence in whatsoever to give me to give the team more than two or three shutout innings. Anything yeah. beyond that is is wishful thinking at best, and yep. so I don't know if it's a player development thing, but mm. Anderson is Anderson and Freed are the future of the Braves, and I hope they're yeah. not the end of end of the pitcher development that the the Braves have because the Braves, when I was growing up, they had traditionally one of the better farm systems in baseball. They yeah, would always they, seem to produce young talent year in always, and year out, right. but. For whatever reason, that stopped. They're and... probably still ranked towards the top, though. Yeah, the they. So the Hart and Coppola era was, I guess, notorious is a better word for it, for hoarding pitchers, not good pitchers, just pitchers, just quantities of pitchers who may potentially one day be good. Um, Matt Whistler, I want to uh. bring up that name because watching Matt Whistler pitch was like. Um, shoving a needle in my eye and i already have pretty terrible eyesight as is so you can imagine how painful that would be and how very unhelpful it is uh aaron blair trash 
Lucas Sims, who when he was with the Braves was garbage, but now he's with the Reds and he's he turned into one of their most effective relievers this year. Wow. It's it's the pitcher development with the Braves and they just they just compile they just stockpiled prospects in the hope that one of them might be good. Spoiler, pretty much none of them were good. I mean, I think Anderson was the only one who was really good, and that's because the Braves in 2015 were so bad, they had the number three overall draft pick, so they drafted Ian Anderson. Yeah. Uh, you know what, man? That's, um, I, I would say that hoarding pitching, pitching is a valuable commodity. It's not necessarily a bad strategy, right? If you can, because look, come postseason, right? I think that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's true, and you, you have to draft them as on on one hand, but you have to develop them as well. You have to have the right personnel in the minor leagues and in your big league organization that know how to mentor and train young pitchers to go from throwers as they probably are in high school and maybe less so in college, but they have to go from throwers to pitchers. And there's a huge difference within the two. And you know the hardcore baseball fans will understand that there is a huge difference between just throwing and pitching. The Braves have a lot of good throwers in in their organization. <laughs> they necessarily haven't had these pitchers uh, in a while. Yeah, but isn't that what you want in like young pitchers, right? I mean, if you got good velocity, right? That's what people are usually looking at. Yeah, and stuff. it just it just didn't seem like any of the pitchers the Braves drafted back, you know, during the Hart and Coppola days. They didn't seem like any of those prospects had elite stuff. Mm. I think Freed and Anderson are the only two guys whose stuff actually jumps out at you. Like, yeah, no, this this plays at any level. Mm. I mean, they both have live fastballs and really good secondary pitches. With Freed, it's the big 12-6 to curveball. Anderson, it's the, that drop-off-the-table change-up. And he's got a show-me curveball, too. I'll throw it over throw it over every now and again. Just sure. to be like, yeah, here's there a curveball. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. but, you know, I said I wasn't going to talk about Atlanta sports, but, you, you know, we wrote you back know, in. I, got to okay. rope back I into know it. This, let's, I'll just say real quick – Look, if they had Soroka, dude, this team is legit. If I would, had... I would feel much better if we had Soroka. <laughs> yeah, who has potential to go six, seven, shut with, you know, yeah, six, six yeah. to ten Ks. But without without Soroka, it's not looking good for the uh, for the Bravos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at least against I would assume. Honestly, if you, if there's going to be an upset, it'll be the Marlins. But that'll that'll be decided if not tomorrow, then on Saturday. Uh, I yeah. do want to get to the, the AL, though, because the AL seemed kind of not boring, but mm. almost predictable the way sure. the way some of these seedings went. Um, Tampa Bay, yeah. no surprise there. They mm. they played like the number one team in the AL. Yep. Stomped the Blue Jays. Um, the Blue Jays are going to be I, I do have a little segment in mind where I want to get I want to get your thoughts on on teams in the future. We'll talk about that later. But the Blue okay. Jays are one of them for sure. They're one for the future. I think they're ahead of schedule making the playoffs this year, and I don't think they would have made it had the playoffs been your typical 10-team format. Uh, but, you yeah. know, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Every pitcher on their team is capable of striking out everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're feeding them. I don't know what they're doing with them, but pitchers who come out of Tampa Bay know exactly what they're doing, and they're very, very good at it. Yeah, no, I mean... Look, Tampa Bay, it's I then you'd think right in the small market team, that's probably your best bet to develop those kinds of players. But um you know what, man? They were they were knocking um do you remember that game? You know it's funny? Okay, I just wanna bring this up. Do you remember last game? Okay. Do you remember last year when um the Rays played Houston in the first round 
and Glasnow was pitching, and he was tipping his pitches. Mm-hmm. They weren't cheating, I don't think. Maybe they were. But I they, hope not. <laughs> he was tipping. They probably his, were. And he got he got drilled. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, you know he's he's back pitching and like, dude, with their bullpen, if they can get great innings out of Yarbrough and Snell and and him, I mean this team's legit. I think you know. The way I think about it is like this. Like Alex Rodriguez said something on the broad. I think it was the Braves game, actually. He said something on the broadcast. I don't necessarily know if I fully agree with it, but he said that you could still win in the playoffs with good pitching, good defense, and timely hitting. And that's exactly what I think about the Braves. I mean, um, at uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Play the game the right way, good defense, very good pitching staff, and enough hitters that on they can spread around the lineup to do well on any given day but mm-hmm. look they've been the best team all year well with the dodgers so this now we get now we get to see what they're made of against the yankees yeah phrase dodgers is a very popular world series pick and i i uh, don't remember if it was mine for sure i think it might have been i think i had no 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 no. i had the yankees that's right i had the yankees mm-hmm. i can't i can't ignore that uh Speaking of the Yankees, they're they are going to play the Yankees in the next round. And yeah. Willie, I know it was it was that was a tough watch because I, I was watching that game yesterday while I was streaming too, and it, it was it was annoying to watch that game. Yeah, only, you know, I, it, I think um, I think you know, bro. It's like the look, man. It, it's tough being a Cleveland sports fan too. Obviously, the Cavs winning the 2016 title was incredible, but you know, watching these those three Cleveland teams. The whole life, you know, it's like the Indians are starting to really get up. You know what, man? Like, we have to throw, I, I hate to say this, we have to throw the Indians now in the same conversation as uh, as the Braves. Like, we, we just have to do it there. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's, it's like I can go back and I can name all these years. What's tough because I thought we had, I mean, just really good teams, really good chances and, whether it was the World Series or just early playoff exits in the Division Series, the LCS, like just really good teams, which, you know, we just couldn't get over the hump. And, you know, and, and what I'll say is, so, you know, in terms of this year, you know, this team wasn't as great in any teams, but to lose the game, it was aggravating to lose the game like they did in game. Well, honestly, this whole series was really aggravating. I mean, look, and I'm going to tip my cap to the Yankees. Look, in game one, Analysts, you know, TV and ex-players who are a lot more knowledgeable about this stuff than you know I did, you know, were really just saying you just got to tip your cap to the Yankees in Game One because they, you know, that twelve to six hook that Beaver has, they just took it away and capitalized on you know hard stuff right over the plate. So that was just great hitting. But you know, first of all, it's very aggravating when. Your ace, who's given up, he gives up more than twice the amount of runs. He uh, he gave up seven runs in that game, seven earned runs. He's given up three earned runs the whole season. Mm-hmm. So that's just like, I did not think about, like, just come on, that's ridiculous. And then game two, to scratch and claw back like that, and then to have Brad Hand blow the game, like, oh my gosh. And then, you know... Um, Urshela makes a great play in the field in the eighth inning. Um, that was just an aggravating loss. So you know what, Owen? I, I don't know. It's it's you're starting to get to the point where, look, I, I do have 
I, I, it's really weird, man. Because like I, I feel like talking about the Indians, I'll just say they remind me of Atlanta in the same sense that they hoard pitchers. But uh, you know, and yes, like they just. I don't know. I'm getting worried. We're never going to get over the hump. <laughs> I mean. For my money, I do like Cleveland's chances better than I like Atlanta's chances. I'm just going to say that right now. I like their chances better than ours. Why is that? It it just seems like the way they're able to develop pitchers, develop homegrown pitchers at a more consistent rate. You think of the young pitchers right now. Tristan McKenzie. Yep. Homegrown. Who's who's the ace of the staff? Shane Bieber. What Homegrown. Yeah. You go back to... Bauer, Clevenger, they've produced really good pitchers Dude, in the if past. They had those guys on the team now. Oh, but but the, and this is an if argument. Trevor, if Trevor Bauer didn't decide to throw a ball over the center field fence in Kansas City, he would, we would be right now marching to a World Series title. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And yeah. the the one thing that I will I will say though, and this is kind of a crossover with the NBA, is you can yeah. draft and develop. Sure. All of the homegrown talent. You can do it all the right way. But the one thing that separates other teams is one thing and one thing only, and that's money. There's a reason yep. Golden State has been able to stay so successful with this year, obviously being the exception because of all the injuries. Yep. There's a reason teams like Golden State have been able to, to stay successful once they draft homegrown players. It's because they yep. have the financial flexibility to not have to trade them or not have to let them go in free agency because you can just pay them. Yeah. And that's something that is really important at the end of the day. You can, I mean, yes, Golden State did it, quote unquote, the right way. And what was it, 2015 when they won the title? They did Mm -hmm. it the right way. They drafted Draymond, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. They built a championship team. Then they added Kevin Durant. And they had the financial flexibility to keep Kevin Durant happy while paying all of their stars. In Cleveland, would they have the flexibility or the willingness to pay with Lindor and Jose Ramirez and Santana and Bauer and Clevenger. Yeah. The Lindor situation is one I have my eye on. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I don't, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay him the money that he's going to get on the open market, and it definitely concerns me. Yeah, he's he's, he's going to go for a lot of money on the open market. Yeah, I'm worried. Be, it may be too pricey for Cleveland. But, yeah, I agree. But you know, I think I think I still think I like their chances from from a pitching standpoint. Only, I like their chances better than I would like Atlanta's chances. Yeah, and that's and honestly, but that's like part of the frustrating part about being a fan, right? Is like, I mean, going back to the when I first started watching baseball to the two thousands, like, you know, they, they've always had good pitching. That's why it's it's almost sort of more frustrating. Is like. You get in the playoffs and you just think that they're built for the playoffs, you know. And man, they've they've just come up. They've had a number of tough losses. A number of tough losses. Yeah. You know? No, it's it's easier to be a fan of some teams than when when, than when Chicago and Cleveland played. There was only going to be one winner. It was it was it was who wants to break the curse and who wants to be cursed. <laughs> and now I think I worry the Indians are cursed. <laughs> well, well, I mean, hey, Donald Trump's president. You never know. You never know. 
that's right. Uh, not to get political, but this is definitely more civil than the debate. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, the rest of the uh, the rest of the matchups, uh, the A's and the Astros both moving on. They're going to play each other in the next round. Uh, I don't think that's really surprising. And this is no slight to the Twins. It's just yeah, the Astros are too experienced a team not to be able to put it together. And Dusty ba- Dusty Baker's been around forever. He knows what he's doing in October. The team knows what they're doing in October. They can, you know, sign stealing or not, they're still a solid baseball team. They wouldn't have been as good without the sign stealing, of course. And this year was proof yeah. of that. They were a sub-500 team all year and snuck their way into the playoffs at the last minute. Yeah, I mean, look. Um, well, uh, did you give the Twins a chance? I mean... I kind uh, of, I mean, oh come, on. I mean, kind of, did. but not really. I mean, so my thing is, I, I I think the the hype around Maeda, and this is before this year, obviously, mm-hmm. the hype around Maeda has always been a little misplaced, just because I just never feel like he really? he turned into that superstar pitcher that he was billed to no, be from Japan, dude. But 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 he like, was solid, of course. I'll, I'll give him that. And, and, and that's like, yo, I can't. It's weird, right? Because he, he had a very good year, and uh, I'm surprised that like, it's like looking at this. Like, I'm surprised the Dodgers didn't really have him in, in their rotation in the postseason. Like, you know, I mean, heck, he's good. <laughs> um, but you know, I, to be honest, you know, that wasn't the problem. You know, he threw a pretty good game. Uh, Barrios threw a pretty good game. Um, they just, you know, timely hitting from from the Astros, and that that was enough. Yeah, and I think I think losing Buxton as well to injury was yep. was kind of huge, and you know yep. he had just started to start playing like that MVP candidate that we know he's all capable of. I mean, make no mistake, the Twins are going to be back next year. This is not this was not like a one year championship window for them. Oh. They're going to be back next year. They are. They are. I mean, look, this team is is uh, has a. Some good young players, good group. They're going to be back. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to be the favorites for the next five, six years. Yeah, but and I think Rocco Baldelli is a very good manager, too. Very good. Oh, he's all too deep. Ever since he got there, first couple of years, yeah. great. I think the consensus with Rocco Baldelli, and I think this goes back to his playing days as well, he's just a very likable guy. He seems like a very social guy. Yeah, like, they, like a, they have good, good chemistry on that team. Yeah. The way, like, you see, like, them, like, joking on the field, you know, yeah. Sano and Polanco and all that. Um, I just want to say that, you know, it was so aggravating. So I was telling my dad, I was like, so as the AL Central race was going down, I was like, like, and I was so angry. I was like, just please avoid the Yankees. I was like, do not finish second place. Like, do not finish second place in the division. And like, I was like, I was like, I couldn't believe it because it was like the Indians won six straight, like, come from behind games six or seven yeah didn't and they I'm walk off like, like last uh, two of the last three games of the year yes they did yes they did and um i was like i'm wondering is chicago struggling are they tanking like do, are they trying to avoid the yankees like just thought um and i was so angry i was like i'll take my chances with houston this year or oakland any day of the week over the yankees like i was like oh, give me oakland jeez like Please, I'm sorry they got through the series, but they are by far the most. I I would have picked them. So I was just angry that somehow Cleveland, who was fringe playoffs, just 
turned it on and uh, ended up getting the Yankees. I mean, you, you know, you got to turn it on in, in October and you got to get hot at the right time. I guess it's just they got a little too hot for your liking uh, uh, a little yeah, too early. They did. they did. But, you know, I yeah. guess that's neither here nor there. And, you know, like the Central will be a tough division, I think, for the next few years. And that kind of gets into the next point. Uh, we'll talk. We do have to talk about the A's a little bit. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the first postseason series win since 2006. That's huge. That can't go understated. Uh, it's big That's for good. morale. It's big for the franchise. Just getting over mm-hmm. that hump for the first time in a while. Uh, same with Atlanta. It's been a while for either one of those teams winning a postseason series. You just wonder if that's going to kind of help them going into the next series at the at, at the next round. At the same time, with both those teams, they were completely different cast of characters. Oakland yep. has. I mean, they've been around for the last few years. They've had very good teams the last few years. I think they were they were the second wild card with like ninety seven wins, whatever it was, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's they, right. They won like how however many games they won, and to be like the the fourth best team in the league. Crazy, yeah. Last last year they were just they finished second to the Astros, like. But yeah, yeah. You know what, man? I I um I. So first of all, I mean, you know, I the Astros are more gettable this year, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't overstate it. You said it last week. The the Chapman loss is a huge loss for that team. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's obviously a great defense player. They could really use his bat. That's the thing I think with Oakland is just they, I, they they're they're kind of a sum of all parts team, mm-hmm. and. You know, they have a very good bullpen and, you know, some good starters. Uh, you know, Bass, Bassett was great uh, game two. Yeah. But um, if they can get enough runs through the lineup would be my concern. Yeah, that was the issue with uh, with them in game one against Giolito. Uh, oh, Giolito. Giolito pitched a great game. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Yeah. But, you know, I think there there is something to be said about teams that sometimes struggle to get runs across when they are facing really good pitching. Yeah. The the top tier teams, the elite teams, the teams are going to be winning the World Series. Find out how to scrape one, maybe two, against yep. a top tier pitcher, and yeah, then right. attack a bullpen. Yeah, that's the like, difference between in the playoffs. You're you're only going to be facing the top guys, mm-hmm. particularly in you know these short series. Yeah, so but, it's, it's learning to scrape those wins, those runs together when you can. But yeah, no. If, look, if they can, you know, if they can get some timely hitting. By committee from you know Loriano or or Murphy or Crush Davis or Matt Olson you know then Canna then they have a chance they absolutely yeah. have a chance. No, I would not write off Oakland A's. The Oakland A's make it to the ALCS this year, but ultimately huh? someone's yeah. going to have to step up in a big way for them to have to go any further than that. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. So I guess as we as we look ahead to the next round um mm-hmm. i mean i don't really have any major surprises i mean i think well it's tough now because the way the rays played against the yankees it's gonna make me kind of second guess whether or not i like the yankees to win the world series because i have to get past the rays first uh, yeah i don't sure. know if if That's they a- would do that i mean garrett you know what you're gonna get from garrett cole but at the same time yeah. that that rays bullpen and just the consistency throughout that lineup to get yep. guys on and get them and, over, get them in. Sure, I don't yeah, know. No, they have a very underrated lineup, uh, Tampa Bay. Um, mm. But yeah, no, look, I, I, I think I said it again, and and this is also 
frustrating as an Indians fan we had to play the Yankees in a short series. So again, the one weakness the Yankees have is similar to the Braves. They they uh, past their first two starters, they don't have anybody else mm-hmm. for games three and four. So they but they have a good back into the bullpen. So yeah, I, I man, I almost have to give the slight edge to the Rays here, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think I would too. And I like I like the A's over the Astros. Uh, I think all of all of baseball is going to be rooting against the, rooting for the A's. Wow, as, okay. as they should because they are, ah, the I Astros like are awful. I don't want the Astros, but I like them to win the series. Yeah, I. Yes. I hate it. Um, and then the other three, we we don't really know. The Braves are the only team in the NL that that have made it so far. Oh, uh, well, Dodgers, Dodgers. Won. Oh, the, okay, the Dodgers just made it. That's true. But I mean, you kind of kind of assume the. I mean, no disrespect to. Yelich and the Brewers, but you kind of assume the Dodgers are going to make it this year, especially with Devin Williams and not being able to to pitch for the Brewers. Yep. I think that was a big loss for them. Sure, but a lot of yeah. exciting stuff in the NL for sure. Stuff still up in the air, still up for grabs. It's well, it's I mean, wide well, open to play look, the Dodgers. The Rays Yankees series gonna be man. That's going to be exciting. That'll be I think the best series of of the four division series for sure. That'll oh, be one to watch for sure. Without that, that's going to be must see TV for sure. Yeah. Uh, I do want to move over across the pond in a little bit, but really quickly, of of four of the teams who made mm-hmm. it to the postseason, four of the, what is it, 16 that made it to the postseason? Okay. There are four that I would call the teams of the future, and these four teams are going to be very, very dangerous in the next five to ten years. Okay. Um, as in World Series contenders in in five years or less, and then mm-hmm. to the next ten beyond that. Uh, okay. Obviously, one of them is already. I mean, these are all teams that are already made the playoffs. But number one, the Padres, uh-huh. for obvious reasons. I think if Clevenger and Lamette are healthy yep. for a full season, Tatis Jr. getting more time under his belt, Will Myers being Will Myers, Manny Machado coming good, Eric Hosmer being a leader, um, yep. Austin Nola <laughs> behind the plate. Yep. They've got a lot of pieces. I think they're going to be good for for quite some time and. I yep. don't think this will be the first October they play in the near future, and it won't, it yeah, won't be the last for, last October they play in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. This team, which actually pained me to put on here, but the Miami Marlins. Why does it pain you to put them on there? Because they're a division rival, and I hate their guts. Oh. I hate every other yeah. team in that division. None more yeah. so than, than the Nationals. The Mets are kind of not – I mean, the Mets, you kind of just laugh at the Mets these days. You know what, man? It's crazy. The NL East is going to turn out to be the best division in baseball pretty soon. I mean, it, it very well could be that way. It but, already could be that now. But, I mean, as much as I want to see that, I do want to see the Nationals continue to flounder and be last place where they belong. Um, just the complete dumpster fire that they are. <laughs> um, Got to love a dumpster fire. Um, so the Marlins – Obviously, with their, um, with Sixto Sanchez and Sandy Alcantara, we haven't even talked about Jordan Yamamoto either. He was one yeah. of the, one of their better um, prospects coming up. I think last year and maybe the year before. Mm-hmm. D- nothing that really jumps out at you on paper, but just a very solid rotation, solid top to middle of the rotation starter. Yeah, and he's going to be part of their future for sure. Yeah, combine no, that with an organization that I think has money and is willing to spend that money. They're, they're going to be relevant for a few they years. Tear and... it down, bro. They tear it down. That's for sure. Yeah. Dude, they, Marlins like blew up those teams in the they, past. 
Derek Jeter took as much as much dynamite as he could and just blew that thing up. But also, dude, in in '03, they they got rid of their whole team mm-hmm. afterward. Yeah, <laughs> they just I feel like won't. they may get into these cyclical patterns where every few years they'll contend for a world championship, maybe even win one, and then they'll blow it up, and then well, contend for one, build it up, hey, blow it up. Yeah, it just, Love, just yeah. these patterns, and they still have more championships than the city of Atlanta combined. Just one organization in Miami has more than the city of Atlanta. That's crazy. Combined. Not not ex- I mean, they have the same if you include the MLS, the Atlanta United, which they shouldn't. But it's honestly it's it part of its jealousy, but we can move on. Uh the White Sox. Yeah, oh, team oh, of the yeah. future for sure. Tim Anderson, no. make baseball fun again, flip that bat as many ways as you want. Oh, I love Luis Robert. Luis Robert. Oh, Jose Abreu, AL MVP front runner. Giolito in the rotation. Jimenez. Jimenez. Eloy Jimenez. There's so many, so many young, good young players. Uh, and the last one is the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh yeah. The yep. uh, the big four legacy guys: uh, Vladdy Jr., Bo Bichette, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and uh, Kevin Biggio. Mm-hmm. Those are guys yeah. who've been around big leagues before. They have obviously the talent to to make it at the big league level. Uh, they'll have to back up Hyunjin Ryu, um, and they've got Nate Pearson as well. Yep. But it, they're one for the future, and I think they were ahead of schedule this year. But they'll they'll be relevant for a few years. And I oh think it'll yeah. Be, I mean, it's gonna make I the guess, AL East interesting again. Yeah, but it's like the AL East is gonna be brutal. Yeah, yeah that'll be a tough division. Yeah. Especially, especially when the Red Sox rebuild is finally, you know, picking Problem. up steam again. Yeah, and they're able to actually, you know, win a baseball game. Yeah, no, and absolutely. Yikes! Um, but yeah, those are those are a few teams that I I, I want to highlight for for the next yeah. few years. And and obviously, you need a little bit of luck to be sustainable for a long time. But if I was a fan of any one of those four teams, I like how the future looks. Oh yeah, those are you. You should be excited. That, that's right. Yep, that's right. All right, across the pond we go. Now there's this is a big one because okay. we had quite a weekend in uh, in England in the Premier League. Oh uh, yeah, we did quite a weekend. Yeah, we um, did. We talked about just now one sport requiring the use of the hand, and another mm-hmm. sport that bans the use of the hand in certain situations, mind you. Yeah. Just okay. I want to get the, I want to get this one out of the way first. Uh, Liverpool two, Arsenal nil. That was the Liverpool we expect from. That's, that's the kind of. Uh, sorry, no three one two nil was the Chelsea win. Three um, one Liverpool. That's the team we expect. That's the performance we expect. Individual errors, yes, but Robertson made up for it. And Arsenal still a work in progress, but still a very good side. They're going to finish top six for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, just a good game all around. I was really impressed with both sides. Yeah. I yeah. Thought... Just a really good game. Just but good also, I mean, I got to say, like, man, Liverpool really look like the team to beat. They're really strong. And yeah. they look like they're they're pressing so well and playing with energy. Like, it doesn't look like there's any hangover whatsoever. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say anything too soon, but that was all without a certain Spanish midfielder, uh, Brazilian Spanish nationality midfielder um, who we don't really need to talk about all that much yet, but he'll be, uh, he'll be around. He'll be a force. We want to deal with in the midfield, pulling those strings from a deep lying playmaker position. (laughs) Tiago, what? 
yeah. okay, so let's get to the other games. So this one, this one was a funny one. Uh, West Brom three, Chelsea three. What a game that was. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh... It, that it, game it had it all. Could that be the game of the season? Uh, so far, yes, game of the season. Maybe not oh, result of the Leeds. season, but Liverpool just Leeds was pretty good. Liverpool Leeds was pretty that was good. a good one too. I mean, we've had some good games so far this year. Yeah, no, that was. Uh... Gosh, I mean, credit to. <laughs> yeah, that was like, I mean, that was just quite a game. Since at first off, I don't think you could have possibly played a worse first half, Chelsea. And then the second half, I don't ever. I, I I think I texted this in that group chat. I don't think I've ever seen a team period play with a more attacking lineup on the field than Chelsea did with the second half. They played. It was nuts. They had, you know, most teams when they play with the back three, right? They'll play with, um, you know, wing backs of some sort. Mm-hmm. Chelsea played with, you know, literally three defenders and just like. The rest were attacking players. It was it was just nuts. Like so. Yeah, I mean, just because I think Frank Lampard knew the kind of uh, the kind of flack he would get if if he would have lost away at West Brom after spending two hundred million dollars in the summer. Yeah, and I understand that there's no preseason. I understand that every team has had a limited amount of time to prepare, much less than they usually do. But. I, wow, as I the the individual errors I think are yeah. are uh, concerning if you're a Chelsea fan because of who they came from, a one Brazilian mid a Brazilian defender who is supposedly going to organize an entire defense by himself, even though he doesn't mm. speak English. Yeah, um, class mm. player for the Brazilian national team, class player for PSG, yeah. but Thiago Silva for some reason Premier League Premier League debut not not good. Not yeah, that good. was you know I actually, I thought he played pretty well other than that, but that was um that was rough. I mean I think he's going to be a great player for the team, but that was just I mean those three three individual errors, and that's really tough to take. Just three really bad individual errors. I also want to say that like I'm a little bit worried about Lampard's like demeanor. I'm not saying this like from any inside knowledge whatsoever or have any idea necessarily what I'm talking about, but like you know. He seems like I know he's he seems very grumpy and like um you read the reports about like Marcus Alonso was like after you know he was taken off played terribly right and he was cussed out in the locker room so much so some people said they'll be surprised if he ever plays for Chelsea again I'm like oh my god like this is like apparently this was the maddest they've ever seen him and it's just like he he's like he looks really. It's just like, and you know what, this team, right now, this team is making mistakes. They have no chemistry. We'll see if how this season goes. I hope it doesn't go south. Because obviously, you know, then we we lose in the League Cup, which uh, surprised me too. So right now, um, Chelsea is uh, stocked down. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and you... Uh, you know the nickname I give Frank Lampard these days in the group chat. It's uh, young Cranky Frankie Lampard. Yeah, he's, Cranky uh, Frank. He's always cranky. It seems like it, yeah. But, no, I think I said this too. They're going to figure it out. They're going to be fine. They're going to finish top four most likely. 
I don't know, I mean, man. I like their chances more than I like United's <laughs> chances, honestly. And this is not from a place of hate. This is because United just haven't strengthened mm. at all. Mm. Um, aside of outside of um, Van de Beek, and they really they really need mm-hmm. they needed something else. Mm-hmm. They needed some sort of upgrade somewhere on the pitch. Where any any other place except for maybe their attacking players. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk. We can talk about United later. I just want to I just want to highlight that Chelsea game yeah. first. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was bad. This one made me so happy, but oh. I'm so confused by it at the same time. Leicester City five, yeah. Man City two. Yeah. First things first. Were those three penalties? <laughs> were they penalties? Because they they were all penalties to me. Yeah. 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 I, I have no complaints with those penalties whatsoever. I know. Uh, I know Nick was saying in our group chat uh, that he was he dove for those penalties, but. <laughs> I mean, he he did what def- what attackers do best. Some attackers like him do best. Like pacey ones, they get in between the defender and the ball, and then any contact just hit the deck. Yeah, that's and, right. You know, put yourself I, in an opportunity enough times, you're bound to, mm-hmm. to get one. Make the referee make a decision, and that's right. more often than not, he's going to reward the attacking player. That's right. Um, but City just looked awful. I love it. I loved how bad they looked. It makes me so happy. Wow. You know, I do think like that. Okay, it just surprised me because like I liked the way they lined up in the first game, where they you know they had Rodri and Fernandinho holding, and they and so I thought like man, this they look like they're more defensively balanced, and to see them give up five, uh, I I don't know what this really means for the future of Man City. Like I I, I don't know. I, I think this is. The really interesting point of uh, of Manchester City: Do they sink or swim from here? Well, what it what it meant immediately after the game was uh, the confirmation of another sixty million pound signing in Ruben Diaz from Benfica, and it's mm. I I personally have this take about Pep Guardiola, where he's a checkbook manager. Mm-hmm. He's just reinforcing that idea that if he doesn't already have. If he doesn't already have world class talent or the financial flexibility to go out and buy world class talent, he's not he's not the the best manager, if you will. He doesn't he's not as good as his record may suggest because he's only had good teams. He's only uh, he's only sure. managed top teams everywhere he's been. Yeah, you're right. So you're I you're absolutely right. That's but, my take I'm, with Guardiola. He he never took a mid table or low table team mm-hmm. and took them to the top. I know, but right with the, he's, with he's, the players. Okay, so with I will concede players, he can make his teams, you know, right. incredible. And I will still concede with with the right sorts of players, he can still make his teams incredible. He's still a very good manager. And I, I mean, think I think the hype around him though is a little too high for the results. Okay, I mean they play some great. I mean, incredible. Like I don't know with these group of players if you could ever get another manager with these quality players to like play as you know attacking and as well as they did in their peak. But I will say this, I hate to say it, but with the signing of Diaz, I mean, you get a center back, like that could potentially be huge for them. Like But that man. was that was supposed to be Ake, right? That was supposed to be Laporte, right? That was supposed to be John Stones, right? This was supposed to this was supposed to happen a while ago. So is it is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it the ownership? I don't know who it is. It's someone at Man City. Someone's gotta be to blame for all this. I mean, it's yeah. Be someone. How much money did they get for Sane? 
Uh, not a lot. I mean, it was between 30 and 40 million, I think. So it wasn't a lot. Dude, how are they getting this money? Like, where is the money coming from? Yeah, like, it's not, it's it's almost like, like they were investigated for breaching financial fair play or something like that. Yeah, hmm. I never. Heard of, yeah, <laughs> and it's almost like that case was dismissed for get, some reason. So you hmm. get like you get Ruben Diaz, you get Ake, you get uh, Ferran Torres. They're talking about signing Messi. Um, and then you get rid of like so Silva retires, Garrett Absane, like where's the money coming from? Like I guarantee you they didn't make all that from shirt sales and from ticket attendance. At, at the same time though, hold on, let's talk about Chelsea for a second. Where are they getting all the money from a financial fair play perspective? Yo, they have I not... think you know. Okay. I think okay. you know. No, I I know where they're getting the money. I'm just saying, how are they cooking the books? <laughs> I, I like, think you also you know, know this as well. Chelsea, Chelsea, okay. Uh, William left, uh, and I Keppa. I don't know how much money they can get from him. <laughs> like I don't know, but like, Ouch. dude, like, where's the money coming from for Chelsea? Like, they don't have enough sponsors to cover that. Like, they haven't they haven't sold anyone. Pedro, okay, they got rid of, uh, they let Pedro go. Okay. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's almost it's you know it's almost as if there's a governing body in the sport that has a set of laws that dictate how clubs are able to work with their finances and it's almost like those laws are blatantly broken by certain <laughs> teams every single year and yeah. they just kind of well, they turn a blind eye to it cuz you know their back pockets are stuffed. <laughs> it's, yeah, financial maybe. fair play is a joke. What a what no a joke. way, no way it's being enforced properly. Yeah, yeah, bro. I, uh, you, you think you think PSG has the financial flexibility to get from their sponsors the money to sign Mbappe and Neymar, Neymar within a right. year of each other? No, no, not a chance. I'm sorry. Well, they have the same owners, right? Mm-hmm. There or, you go. Uh, maybe not the same owners, but but the principle is that you can't just assume that this money is being made legally. You can't. And and consider the wages of Pep Guardiola. They have to pay Pep too. They have to pay his entire front office or his yeah, entire probably making uh, what ten million or something high. I'm guessing. Oh, he he has to be making upwards of twenty million a year. Uh, I thought it was funny. Um, I just want to say um. When Pep Guardiola was rumored, he was going to go to Juventus, and uh, I think it was uh, is it Audi. One, their car sponsor, one of the cars, was like saying, we'll pay for Guardiola to come. Yeah, something like <laughs> I that. Thought that was, I thought that was great. But I will just say this, though. And, like, Liverpool are the clear frontrunners right now. I mean, you know, uh, Leicester City, you know, undefeated. But at the same time, I, I don't really know. It's like, Man City lose a game, Chelsea off to a bad start. I don't think there's anyone else that can contend over a full season. So there you go. Uh, well, there's one other team that's tied with Liverpool for first right now. Um, I don't really yeah. want to talk about them, but we'll mention we'll mention one of their results in a minute. Um, mm. Let's get to the other massive result at the weekend because this one is stupid, okay. so stupid. Uh, Brighton two, Man United three. Oh yeah, in the hundredth minute. Oh my penalty god! Penalty after full time. This was what a lucky break. I don't even know if luck is a way to describe it. It's just it's just idiotic refereeing. It's stupid. Sure. 
I mean, yeah. there has to be some sort of some sort of something, anything, yeah. anything to prevent that from happening. Oh, I, I agree. They got really, really lucky. <laughs> they got really, really lucky. I mean, I, I kind of did like to see um, Neil Mope get what was coming to him. Um, mm-hmm. He just he just gives off a very poor Eric, like a very it's a very bad, arrogant vibe to him. Yeah, they're angry. And I guess. Yeah. For the way he, the way he kind of goes about his business, it it seems very rude. Not even yeah. like a disrespect. Not even like a disrespecting the the integrity of the game. It's just it just seems rude. Like he's not like he's not a guy you want to go out and hang out with just because he has this air of superiority about him, even though sure. he doesn't have the track record to back it up. If he was <laughs> if he was Mbappe, sure, go ahead and be arrogant because you are literally one of the best in the world. But he's not. He's playing for a mid to bottom table English club. And he's not even in the top scorers charts either. He's not lighting it up like Danny Ings was for Southampton. He's a good player though. He's a decent player. Yeah. He'll get you, you get you 10 to 15 a year, but he acts like he's a 30 to 35 a year. (laughs) No, sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. Yeah. I would agree. He just needs to play better to back, back, back it up. Right. Yeah. You're going to look like that. Mm -hmm. Hey, like, you know, you got to score like Zlatan to act like Zlatan. Exactly. Exactly. You have to walk the walk before you can talk the talk. And Zlatan, to be fair, I don't know Zlatan if Zlatan, Zlatan has ever had like a bad season. Like, if who? Where he hasn't scored like 20 goals. For Zlatan? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Zlatan is a goal machine. <laughs> he's a goal machine, he's, bro. He, he's, he's Zlatan. He scores goals. And I love how people are like, People in the MLS are like, oh, he, he was chased out of MLS by Carlos Vela. I was like, no, he left because MLS is garbage. Yeah, he said it too. He's like, this is a trash league. Like, yeah, like people who try to think that Carlos Vela is at any point in his career better than Zlatan, just kidding. You're just lying to yourself. No, although I do think that, and this is a little bit of a controversial thing, I think that. Vela of this generation, it was the best Mexican player. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would concede to that. I mean, Chicharito talk, is Chicha, very hit or miss. Yeah, Chicharito. Well, I mean, he's had a great career, you know. And like Hector Herrera has been, you know, good played Guardado for some as well. Oh, I mean, they've had some really good players. Raúl Jiménez. Now, Jiménez, yeah. But, but like, you know, Carlos Vela was really, really good at points in europe like mm-hmm. so i agree with the fact yeah and you know yeah. no he's he's a good player himself he's just he shouldn't be an mls i agree he's too good he's for too good MLS. for mls he MLS. dominates it bro like it's like his stats are off the charts zlatan would be 50 a year in his prime in mls easy <laughs> 50 a <laughs> year hat trick a- averaging a hat trick fucking uh Iguain, bro looks like he's like <laughs> Dude, he he looked like when he was at Juventus, he looked so old. Like he was lot. He had too many pizzas. He was <laughs> Some <laughs> the legend still says that Iguain is still celebrating that offside goal from uh, from the World Cup <laughs> against Germany. Some say he's still celebrating, and that's where he's been he, ever since. That's what the legends say. Sad, so sad. <laughs> okay, yeah. so Glory. I do want to get to handball gate because All right. sure. VAR. And the handball rule. Yeah. So, something is messed up. I don't know what it is. Both of these <laughs> games. Tottenham won, Newcastle won, and Crystal Palace won, Everton 2. 
both of those games had an egregious mistake with a handball. Yeah, it's getting absolutely out of control, shambolic. <laughs> they made the rule worse this year. Mm-hmm. Made the rule really worse. Yeah, they just they should just try to write the laws and let it, leave it open to the referee. Honestly, mm-hmm. now it's just like, I mean, heck, if you get hit with the ball in the box, it's going to be a penalty kick. Yeah, <laughs> so, if if you so as breathe on the ball, it's a penalty. Yeah, like the. The Eric Dyer one was like that was awful. That was like, like huh. I I don't like Spurs. We consistently hate on Spurs in this podcast, but that's really that's that's awful. That you, oh, yeah. that they are so <laughs> hard done by that decision. It's yep. it's not even funny anymore. Watch you watch them like uh, lose the top four by two points. Mm-hmm. Yep, it, it, things like this can make a world of difference in the season, and. You know, obviously you don't like to fixate on one thing because both teams have 90 minutes to score goals. But when you have something so late in the game that decides it, then you have to kind of wonder, okay, this is something that's a direct result of poor officiating. And that's, that's not that's not very cash money. Because, like, also it's just, like, in that case, like, you – I mean, that's that's out of your control, right? I mean, you can't pull your arm anywhere else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you can't tell someone to do anything more, so – yeah, and it's like, how do you jump and get any airtime with your hands behind your back? Yeah, it's like, what do you... Like, or like at your side, how do you... That's, yeah. No, it just ignores yeah. physics. It ignores the yep. way humans work. It's it's stupid. It's really stupid. And it's laughable. You would have thought after last year, IFAB would have changed the handball rule for the better. Yep. They made it worse. <laughs> and it's yeah. just... It's so bad you got, now. Like, a bunch of smart people are watching and being like, what do we do? Yeah. I mean, you have to wonder what, what drives these changes now. Is it for the sake of the integrity of the game, or is it for this is going to make us a lot of money because people are going to be talking about referees? Ooh, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Pull <laughs> all, the, all the attention away from the game itself and onto the referees, the, the Mike Deaning, if you will, of, of the game. Oh, jeez. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's they got to fix this rule, man. This is like way. This is like, honestly, bro. This is the only like rule I can think of in any sport that's like bad. That's like really mm-hmm. bad. It's it's a bad rule. Period. It's like a bad rule. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's dumb. I don't know. It's a dumb rule. Yep. Um, and then the last one I want to highlight. I mean, we talked about Everton two, Palace one, Everton two. Like I. I don't want to talk about Everton in the show. They're they look good right now. They look really good right now, and I hate it because they play Liverpool pretty soon in the the Merseyside derby. And I hate I hate that, having to admit side derby. Well, you know what? Like, when was the last fuck? I, yeah, I mean, dude, I can't wait for that Merseyside derby because like they've had some great matches, but like this year Everton's you know yeah. good. It'll so. it'll actually be a game again. That's right. I like, mean. In okay, so in the in what was it in June, first game yeah. of Project Restart Liverpool played, it was a goalless draw. But at the same time, Everton didn't they didn't play any football. They they had maybe fifteen percent. Oh, of the that ball. was a dreadful game. It was it was the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. Not because awful. Liverpool played poorly, but because Everton didn't want to play at all. Yeah, it's they like did. they showed up and just like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to step past halfway. That's fine. Speaking of, you see there. what Pep Guardiola said? He was criticizing Leicester for that. He's like, they didn't. You want me to? Did you, you want me to read his quotes? 
It, it was it was something along the lines of they didn't want to play football with us. It was like just they like, scored five goals. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's like that's how <laughs> they won the title. They won mean? the title doing that. Oh, man. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, So, but there's a difference between what Leicester did and what Everton did in that Merseyside derby back in exactly, June. Yeah. There's a huge difference because Everton just they – didn't, they didn't show anything on the counterattack. They okay. had maybe one or two counterattacking chances all game. Leicester, uh-huh. every time they, they got the ball back after winning it off City, they had a chance every yeah. single time. Yeah. And no, there's, like, there's a difference. But going back to Everton, that, the Merseyside derby is going to be a good game. I'm, I'm actually a little bit scared of what Everton could do this year. Sure. Um, I think Ancelotti, this also speaks to Ancelotti as a good manager. I think Everton are punching way above their weight class in yeah. getting him as a manager. But h- however they did it, they got him. And he's going he's gonna to make a positive change at that club as much as I hate them. And as much as they deserve to be relegated, that's, that's what they're going to do. Really good. Yeah. I've, I'm, look, he's a, he's a very good manager. He's always been a very good manager. And, yeah, this team, Owen, I mean, they, they should be targeting big six this year. Yeah, no, they'll they'll be in the hunt for big six for sure. Uh, even you know they're in the top four now, but they'll be hunting big six this year. Uh, the last okay. result I want to get to. This one shocked me. All right, West Ham four, Wolves nil. That absolutely yeah. shocked me because sure. you, you think for you you would put your life savings on Wolves being a, a fringe contender for top four, certainly a contender for mm-hmm. top six, but yeah. for top four for sure. And for them to just come out as flat as they did and just have nothing going against Wolves mm-hmm. or against uh, West Ham, was mm-hmm. shocking. Yeah, and they're usually very disciplined defensively, too. Yeah, yeah it was just a bad game, a uh, really bad game. And, uh, you know, look, I think that, um, you know, obviously not great at the beginning, but, you know, David Moyes' West Ham at the end of last year were playing really well. And, you know, I think... They're a little bit better. They're they're pretty good. So you know, I I. But this was definitely out of the character for for wolves. No question yeah, about it. I mean, I don't think the the whole getting a result thing was as surprising as that magnitude of a result. If yeah. it was like one or two, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, no, what West Ham played well. Wolves didn't really have a good game. But four, it was a little like, Ugh, yikes. Yeah, for sure. It's no, not, that was uh, not something you want to see. No, no, that but. was uh, that was very surprising. Yeah. Very, very surprising. And I guess looking ahead to this coming weekend, I mean, the only games that really stand out to me are there's a couple. Uh, Leeds are going to host Man City mm. uh, on Saturday. That'll be one to watch. And mm-hmm. um, a clash of two of the traditional, quote-unquote, big six, uh, Man United against Tottenham. I I guess it'll be a good game. I can't really tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Mourinho against, against his old oh, club again. Is Gareth Bale going to play for the first time in, in a Tottenham uniform? I think his knees hurt, right? I think I think he's still injured, but is he ever going to play in a Tottenham uniform? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> no, he'll, he'll. Yeah, I don't know. Bale. Bale's a funny one. We'll we'll get to Bale when he finally makes his his Spurs re debut. Can I also just mention one word. thing real quick? Yeah. <laughs> Got to mention this. Uh, there's rumors, and this would be like, look, I had to talk about Everton on the podcast, but um, that they were gonna. Uh, signed Ben Godfrey, and they're really close to signing Ben Godfrey from Norwich. Um, good center back, and that can make them better, even better than what they got right now. So Everton, scary, man. I think they're they're pushing for a European spot. Yeah, I mean, 
that midfield of Allen and Andre Gomez and that yeah. front line of Richarlison yeah. and James and like, Dominic Cal- uh, yeah. Dolphin Calvert Lewin. I mean Dominic Calvert Lewin. <laughs> He's a goddamn yeah. dolphin. He loves diving. I hate him. He's he, he loves just falling down on the floor for no apparent reason. I'm like, dude, there's no one around you. Get up. Higgy's the worst flopper in the Premier League. <sighs> diving. Piece of shit. Hate uh, I think Liverpool's got a couple of guys that have could ask him uh not not like Calvert Lewin. Not like Calvert Lewin. Okay. Alright. He left his feet on a classic shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, that's, that's Lovren. He's like he's bigger than Lovren and he went to ground on a shoulder to shoulder. I'm not gonna forget that. Yeah, that's ridiculous, bro. It was so dumb. And yes, yeah. okay. No more Everton. No more Everton, please. Please. Let's let's talk about someone else. Or Everton. Um yeah, Leeds, Leeds and City, I think, is going to be a really, really good game to watch. Oh, I can't on, wait. On, That's uh, going to be a... Saturday, yeah. actually, thankfully. <laughs> so we don't okay. have to wait as long to watch that. Uh, I think City is still going to score like five. <laughs> Pep's going to be five. really mad at his team and be like, if you don't score five, I'm going to bench every single one of you except for Kevin. He, he's never going to bench De Bruyne because it's De Bruyne. You, you can't him. bench De Bruyne. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... That's going to be in Pep loves Bielsa. He loves Bielsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's going to be honestly like there might not be a game I'm like more looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> than that and game. That, that game's really going to be something. Yeah, I mean and obviously both of our teams playing this weekend. We have uh Chelsea Palace on Saturday. Nice bright and early 4:30 in the morning. Uh and you then know, on Sunday uh Villa Liverpool. Yeah, I'll tell you I actually think the Chelsea Palace game is going to be interesting. You know, Palace have been playing well at the beginning of the year, and Chelsea cannot afford another bad result. Mm-hmm. So, this is a must-win for the team. No, I I agree. I agree. It's, you know, it's... let me ask you. Let me ask you this. I don't think so. But let me ask you this: If Chelsea lose, is is Lampard on, going to be on the hot seat already? Um, at is any other you... club, no. At Chelsea, yes. Oh, my God. Abramovich has created one of the most toxic environments for managers <laughs> because players yeah. are not held accountable on even remotely the Anything. same standard as the players. <laughs> managers, yeah. Um, or, yeah. yeah, whatever. Managers and players, they're not held to the same standards. Managers are held to way higher standards than they should be. Mm-hmm. And the demand for silverware is so high that if you don't win God. one big trophy, you're gone. It's really Even bad. Even if you win one big trophy. Antonio Conte won the Premier League. Season after that, he was gone. Well, Conte is different. He wears out his welcome anywhere. He gets into fights with all the front office everywhere he goes. That's that's fair. Um, sorry as well. Europa League, out the door. Yeah, that was probably a bit harsh. I agree. So you never you never really know with uh with all that. Yeah. So as we as we draw to a close, I do want to get to the hot take segment. Sure. Because I do have a couple of good hot takes this time. All right. All right, bro. But uh, I want to hear one of yours first. Sure. See what okay. you got. Yeah, sure. Um Yeah, so I wanted to start off and I I'll just kind of reiterate something I was saying earlier in the show, which is just like 
I think I hate to say it, but I really think you have to put the Cleveland Indians up there with the with the biggest chokers in in sports. It pains me to say it, but I just think this team finds a way to something goes wrong personnel wise, or just they they lose in 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 bad ways. You know, it's just they're right there. They're right there, man. We're gonna take the mantle from the Cubs. I'm, you know, I I don't disagree. I honestly don't. And as someone who's an Atlanta sports fan, I know that feel. I honestly know that yeah, feel. Yeah, you do, bro. Probably better than probably better than anyone, right? Yep. I got about twenty five reasons. Twenty five reasons to believe uh, believe you. <laughs> do you? Approximately twenty five. Yeah. 25. Okay. Yeah, just the just the number of points uh, the Falcons gave up in a Super Bowl to to lose that Super Bowl. Well, to have the game be tied and then prompt promptly lose it again. That that was tough. That yep. was. Uh, it's it's yes. never gonna be. It's never gonna get easier. It's only gonna get worse. Oh jeez. The longer was... it goes, the longer that team and that city goes without a fran- without a championship, the worse it's gonna get. And yeah. you know we'll just have to um, we'll have to live with it. Uh, I want to thank really quick before we get to my hot take. I want to thank Human in the chat for the follow and for the question um, or for the hot take. Homicide should be illegal. Yes, I agree. It's not what we're talking about. It's a sports podcast, but yes, homicide should be illegal. There's a nice hot <laughs> yeah, take for you. Absolutely. There's your there's your uh, hot take finally addressed. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for thanks for following. Thanks for joining us on this yes. late. Thursday night. I forgot what day of the week it was. Uh, yeah. It is October first, which is bananas. Fucking yeah, insane. That's, that's crazy. Um, my hot. Uh, you got another one? You go. You go. I'll, I'll share one. Okay, so so Hopefully. I've got two hot takes. I'll I'll save the second one for for a little for uh, yeah. for next. But okay. my first of the two. Uh, should the Lakers go on to win the series, the the finals, as? Many expect yeah. them to do. Uh, LeBron is 100% in my mind, undoubtedly the GOAT. Wow. Undoubtedly, greatest of all time. As someone who's, I got to say, that's, uh, that's interesting. As, as some, that's a strong, I mean, as someone who, uh, who's, that's my favorite athlete. And, you know, I watch just about every game he plays. Like, that, that's a big statement. Undoubtedly the GOAT. Wow. Undoubted. So, yeah, I mean, I say that with a caveat in the sense that it's hard to compare eras because the game changes so much. Sure. Like, so, so here's the thing. In, you know, and you know, I talk about golf on the show occasionally, but you know, we consider Tiger to be one of the greatest of all time. Is he undoubtedly the greatest of all time? Maybe, but we don't know that because he didn't play the game in the same era and -hmm. in the same way that Jack played it. And Jack never played the game in the same way that Bobby Jones played it. And Bobby Jones never played the game in the same way that old Tom Morris played it. So it's hard to compare eras as far as this era, uh, the modern game, the Jordan and more Mm -hmm. recent era. To me, it's still LeBron. Okay. And that's only because of 
not only the fact that he's won with three separate teams. Well, if if they win, he's won with three separate teams. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he won with that Cleveland team yeah. against that Golden State team, the winningest State team in the history of the yeah. NBA in the regular season. That's his, his greatest accomplishment on the resume. Right Steph there. Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant, three of the greatest shooters in the history of the NBA, all on the same team, win. Well, well, Durant wasn't on or, that sorry. team. The year before they got Durant, they, they won seventy three. They won seventy three games. They, they needed had, they, Kevin Durant to stop LeBron. Yeah, that's right. They yeah. needed three all time greats to stop him. Let me backtrack yeah. that. I mean, yeah. I mean, is it, keep going. Is that is that your case? I mean, and with I, this I one, think, with this one, his seventeenth year in the league, crazy, man. still I, putting up I absurd think, triple doubles and postseason records. Yeah, he's going to break points. just about every postseason record. And it's like, yeah, in that point, it's just like you separate. When you, you statistically have dominated every, you've had like the best career, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, what I really get a bit annoyed about, though, when it comes to the MJ, like LeBron debate, which annoys me, is just like the fans of Jordan never, like, just refuse to ever consider anything like as a fan you know you have to consider the evidence right and if lebron like 17th year like keeps playing incredibly well breaking records you know you know making you know being in 10 finals like you know the evidence keeps piling on at some point like what's it gonna take you know what i mean mm-hmm. exactly so, exactly yeah and and it's funny you bring that up because a lot of staunch Pro Michael, yeah, uh, I guess believers, mm-hmm. and the chief of whom is Skip Bayless, probably yeah, yeah. the the most opinionated, yes, backwards yeah. thinking person in sports media. Yeah. Um, consistently, consistently argues that LeBron being a career three and six in the finals is any sort of precedent whatsoever to talk about his individual individual accomplishments yeah by using <coughs> by using a team team statistic mm-hmm. in a team sport. and honestly and and but the crazy thing is bro is it's like you know and like I I followed this extremely closely my whole life because he's is my favorite athlete. Like you know, like LeBron has had seer in the certain series where he hasn't been great, but for the most part his playoff performance has been fantastic. And throughout the r- main part of the playoffs, and then even in the postseason, like other than games four, five, and six against Dallas, he's performed very well for the most part. So like. Yeah, even in those finals where, you know, those teams were losing individually, he was still, you know, performing very well, mm-hmm. right? So, exactly. And no, then the yeah. other thing with the debate is with people like Skip Bayless, it goes from three and six in the finals to he only wins with superstars. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Michael Jordan then. What was yeah. Michael Jordan before Scottie Pippen? Nothing, yeah. Losing the first round, losing the second round. Nothing. What was Michael Jordan with Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman? 
three-peat. Yeah. What was LeBron with teammates? Back to back. Any team you put around him, he can he he means more to winning than, you know, anyone in the NBA has ever seen. Any anybody put around him, he will he'll he'll make sure they're in the right spots defensively, he'll give them open shots on offense, he'll empower them to be themselves, he'll give them confidence. Like that's why they do so well. He he's any team, it's just incredible. And like I mean yeah, and so and it's just like I'll say it again. It's like the early Jordan years, right? They weren't very good, and Cle- for the first eight years, like that LeBron had in Cleveland, like consistently, like they one of his early Cleveland teams won over sixty games with the mm-hmm. with not one other All Star on the team. Yep. And yep. frankly, I can name just about the whole rosters, but I bet you many fans. Probably could not name one other player that he played with on those teams. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just like, yeah, it's it's uh, crazy. Yeah, I remember my dad calling them the Cleveland Lebrons. Yeah, because they uh, had literally just LeBron on their team as far as star I mean, do talent. You remember, no, uh, I mean, famous performance in the 2007 conference finals when mm-hmm. he scored 29 out of the last 30 points in the game. Mm-hmm. I remember that when I was a kid. I was like, yeah. wow, that's that's. Yeah, and- and the other thing, just to, just to put a bow on the whole uh, rings yeah. component of the GOAT debate. Yeah. Um, so if if having the most rings makes you the greatest of all time, then Bill Russell should be the greatest of all time. Bill mm. Russell has yeah. more, ring, more rings than can fit on his fingers. It's just like in that time, they only played like seven. They only had eight teams in the league. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So the whole rings thing is it just it's irrelevant though. You, you yeah, can't and you saying. can't possibly hope to measure an individual's greatness. One person on a team of five on the court at once by using a team statistic. I know. It's it's just completely irresponsible. No. And I get that Skip Bayless is his part of his job is to do it for clicks and I get that. But for him to double down on this idea that mm-hmm. LeBron's not one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time, because his teams haven't been good, like, give me a break. Like, you who, know who shattered your dreams when said, you were a kid? I think he said, I don't want to misquote him, but I think he said recently he'll consider putting him, LeBron, in the top five. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what what he's been drinking because he needs to drink more of it and humble himself truly yeah no i i would uh i would agree with that yeah okay what do you, what else you got for us all right uh i got i got one more all right Owen. uh i'm just gonna say it um so i think that um how do I wanna how do I wanna put this? What do you got? What do you got for us? <laughs> okay. Um I just don't uh, Okay. Um this really pains me to say on and I'm sorry, this is all I got today, but 
I don't think the Cleveland Indians will ever win a World Series in my lifetime. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Wow. And when we're old and we're like drinking a bottle of wine, you can pull up this clip and just say, you can remember when I said it. I said it. I said it. I hope I'm wrong, all but right. I just I said it. I I lost all faith in the friend in the franchise and the team. I don't think they're going to change their ways, and we're going to be it's, we're going to become the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, no, I mean I I will accept that take. I, I and totally, and I'll just I say, and I'll just I'll just say this right, like as someone who loves basketball, right? I mean. The Cavs never would have won if a once in a generation, probably the GOAT, or arguably, and a tr- once in a lifetime talent would, didn't from your hometown come to the team. Like, if that, if without that, I mean, the Cavs are just in the best position. So I just, I just don't see how we can do it. I just don't see how we can do it. No, I, I I hear you on that. It's I just I get how it can be demoralizing and as someone who believes the same not just about his his hometown yeah. baseball team, but as his entire city. Yeah. Uh I I totally understand it. I totally understand it. Yeah. Like, okay. The Braves have won a World Series in my lifetime. Granted I was nine months old. Like I I don't remember it. That counts, I suppose. Does, does it count really? Like, I, I, I don't remember any of this. Like, my dad says he threw me up in the air when the Braves won the World Series. But my dad's Did not a baseball fan, really. But it. I, Should I know. also just mention that they beat Cleveland? My dad always talked yeah. about that. He's like, I, I, I always bring up. I was like, well, Atlanta does it too. He's like, yeah, well, they beat us in the World Series. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mention that because my my tie to my other team in in baseball actually comes from uh, that series. So, part of the reason, one of the big reasons I'm a Red Sox fan and have been growing up was because of an article in Sports Illustrated that I read in 2003. And this article featured two players from a certain team on the uh, the certain 2003 Red Sox. Mm-hmm. One of whom was David Ortiz, Red Sox legend. Big Poppy, big effort, big smile. I guess that's why they call me Big Poppy. The other is Manny Ramirez. Yeah. What team did Manny Ramirez play for in 1995? The Cleveland Indians. Uh, Rookie of the year in 95 for the Cleveland Indians. So so... for for me personally, it all comes full circle in that And you know know what I just want to say? Like you talk about... Being angry at Atlanta for breaking up the teams. I mean, that team, man, if they just could hold on to those parts, fuck. They're so good. Yep. But we'll never know. All we do know is that we are in store. We have a lot of baseball in store. And we do. And to get into my last take. Okay. Hold on to your seats. I hope you're sitting down Tampa for this one. Tampa Bay is going to win the World Series, right? Hmm? You're going to say Tampa Bay is going to win the World Series? No, no, no. I'm still picking, I'm still picking the Yankees. Okay. Um, the most overrated superstar in all of Major League Baseball by far in my opinion by far the most overrated and this might be because of my proximity to the team Uh, like physically not actually because I watched a lot of their games but just physically I'm in the area where this player is talked about a lot 
Uh, Cody Bellinger is the most overrated superstar in baseball. Whoa. By far. Why? By far. Why? Cody Bellinger and the strikeout is like white and rice. It's like white on rice. Yeah. Dude swings for the fences almost every single time. Although, the when I came up with this take uh, a little earlier today before the, before the show started, and this is still something I kind of believe, but he, he's doing his best to disprove me, which... Of course, I'm going to be wrong on like all of these takes, but that's that's the nature of hot yeah. takes. Sure, they're just they're just <laughs> opinions. Everyone's got one. It's not I'm not curing cancer. It's fine. Um, he he did something that I never see out of Cody Bellinger. He shortened up and just tried to put the bat on the ball. He should do that more. Yeah, he got a hit he, doing that. I was can, like, what? He can just take a quick stride and. I also think it's it's. Yeah, man, it's just like his swing is so so much launch angle. Mm-hmm. It's just like shorten and level out the swing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it looked like he was literally just throwing the bat at the ball, not even trying, just not even swinging to try to hit it over the fence. Just just throwing, just throwing it out there, and just think, little little three hundred foot pop a uh, fly ball in the center. All right, Lon. for a hit. All right, Lon. and let so, me go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I guess I guess my my beef with Cody Bellinger is that. Yes, last year he got off to a tremendous start. He's hitting 400 for the first two months of the season and then cooled down significantly. But ultimately, I think his his strength is going to be his ability to hit the ball out of the yard. And typically, players who hit the ball out of the yard at the rate that he does mm-hmm. is not really becoming of a player who's going to win MVP. And I think he's just, he's a, he's a good baseball player. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to lie, but his, his hitting, I think is overrated on, Mm. I think people think he's a better contact hitter than, than he actually is. He's not, he's not a great contact hitter. Um, his outfielding is good, but his arm is very overrated. He has a good arm, but I'm sorry. It's not accurate. (laughs) He had sure. this throw two years ago in the World Series where I can't remember who he threw out at home, but he threw someone out at home from center. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That throw was five feet up the line. That only works if you have a right. slow runner. I think it was like Mitch Moreland or someone like that. Maybe Sandy Leon. I don't know. The point is that throw beats, I don't know, 5% of major leaguers. The other 95% score because it's five feet up the line. You can't make that throw sure. and have it be that far up the line. If you're going to have that but- throw – have it one hop in front of home plate, but have it be online. Don't just. But you know what? I, I would say though, Owen, that drives me insane. His his fielding is really good. Yes, I will concede he's a good. He's, he's when a he's, very when he plays good, first. particularly outfielder. I think he's a real. I mean, he, he can play first too, but yeah, really good outfielder. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he moves well. He's a big. He's a, and the he's metrics a tall guy. love the metrics love him. Yeah. No, the, the metric, metric, and that's and that's why the Dodgers love him because the metrics—they're so, all about so, the metrics. And so, but so let me like ask you a question about this though, right? So, like, how do you like? So I understand, like, particularly, he's he's slump prone. He strikes out a lot, that's for sure. And uh, the postseason is a question mark. But then again, right? Um, Okay, so what's more important, right? Is it the strikeouts or is it the fielding? Because then let's go over to uh, 60 miles east and let's go to Mike Trout, who's been a below-average center fielder analytically for the past decade. 
there you go, right there. I mean, I would argue it's, it's the strikeouts. Not, I like if we're look if Mike Trout's an incredible hitter, but like if we're if we're talking about like you know goat status, yeah, you're overrated if you can't field. Like I'm not saying you can't field. Like same with Derek Jeter. Like I, I say it again, like one of the worst statistical shortstops of all time. So I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I feel like the overrated is a anyway, it's a very subjective thing. Yeah, I mean. T- takes are just glorified opinions. I mean, they're opinions mm-hmm. like assholes. Everyone has one. Um, sure. You know, it's it's and one I will of those say, things. But, but to I will me, say with 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 Bellinger, he has a chance. He's young. He has a chance to fix those. those yeah, things. exactly. And he's he's younger than both of us. He's got the he's at the point where he can still get better. And I think he is going to get better. I think I'll be wrong about this taking a few years. He could be. He could very well be one of the one of the faces of baseball. But for right now, like I get, he had a great 2019 year, but. When you look at the big picture for Cody Bellinger, it's ultimately a little disappointing. I see that. Yeah, I can. In, in, in my personal eyes, because you have a He's player very... who has, it looks like on paper he has a lot of talent and he has all the tools to be successful, but the results don't match that, especially in October. And He's been very, yeah, no, for sure. That's not the case. I mean, Mookie Betts was the same way before two years ago. He, he struggled in the postseason as well, and he's still regarded as one of the top three players in baseball. I mean, Mike Trout hasn't really had a huge sample size in the playoffs, but yeah, you know, you can't really judge a player on something just because they don't <laughs> play on a good team. But I think with Cody Bellinger, for a player to be regarded as that good of a hitter and still strike out the rate that he does, yeah, um, he's gotten better about it. Obviously, in the last couple of years, I think 20, 2018, I think was the eye opener where he he struck out a bunch. But also, like, yeah, yeah. Well, oh yeah, it was. Um... Yo, so like 2017, it was, I think was his rookie year. He was mm-hmm. great. And that's this part of the thing with his inconsistency. The next year, he wasn't very good at all. Mm-hmm. And then even like throughout, I mean, other than last year, even though he was really significantly better the first two months of the season, for the most part during the year, he's like up and down, very mm-hmm. consistent. He'll go through these big slumps and like inconsistency. And also I'll just say, I don't know why he was trying to change his swing early in the year. Like he just won MVP last year. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, part of that is just trying to get better. I mean, yeah, I know it's golf, but Tiger changed his swing how many times in his career? Four or five? Yeah, least, just because he's trying to get better, and that's that's a natural thing to to want to chase perfection. But at a certain point, you have to understand that, or I, I or yeah. I don't I don't personally know this from experience, but. Um, it, it may be effective to just kind of focus on the one thing that got you to be really good and just be <laughs> incredibly good at that one thing rather than be- try to tailor it to yeah. fix a weakness and not get fixated on something that's not as strong as sure. something else. I think, look, I think he's he has to cut down on the strikeouts. Yeah. That's the key right there. That's, that's my big thing. It, it's because he strikes out a lot and just because yeah. I, I think – people still rave about that throw in 2018. I was like, it's five feet up the line. It's not a perfect throw. It's five feet. It's, it's only going to get slow runners. It's <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it only going to get guys who don't run well. If it, if it's anyone who has average to above average speed, they're safe at home. Easily. There, yeah. So, but that's my, <laughs> that's my middle little mini rant. I think, I mean, I don't, I haven't met the guy. I don't know what he's like, but I'm sure he's Seems a great, like a nice I'm sure guy. he's a great guy. I'm sure. He, I'm sure. The guys in the clubhouse love him. He's, you know, Seems like a good, a really Seems nice like a guy. Good dude. Yeah. Yep. But I, I yeah. think he just gets a little too much 
hype for his uh, production. Yeah, if, okay. if you ask me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I hey, he could win World Series MVP. I could be very wrong. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, postseason, he's gotta he's gotta fix that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've been recording this podcast for more than two hours now, and I think it's probably a good time to uh, draw this to a close. Um, Willie, do you have any more hot takes for us? Because I've I've emptied the tank. Yeah, I, I I got nothing. Yeah, we've uh, we've gone through a lot this episode, but we've had a lot of content to get through. Um, like we've said a couple a couple weeks ago, it is a crazy time to be a sports fan. Pretty much every major sport is playing right now, except for hockey just wrapped up. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think, winning the Stanley Cup. So yep, they did. Yeah, hats off right. to the uh, hats off to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Good on mm-hmm. you. Bring another t- uh, bring another championship to the city of Tampa Bay. Yes, I love it. Man. A lot of optimism in Tampa Bay this year, this time of year. Lightning just won a Stanley Cup. Uh, Tom Brady is a member of the Buccaneers, which is crazy. Unfortunately, though, the the town doesn't really like the Tampa Bay Rays. They don't. Yeah, they don't. The Rays are that. That's kind of one of the things I like to. I they're like all to they're all the, the way Rays out for. in Petersburg and like fans. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like no one goes. No one goes. I mean, come on, it's the trop too. Like, who, what's a terrible ballpark? I'm sorry. If they get a good yeah. ballpark, then yeah, maybe people go to the games. But the yeah, trop is garbage. Tropicana is good. It's company. no. Uh, I think we'd be better off without Tropicana Field, honestly. I mean, no disrespect I used to. to think it was really Rays. cool, though. I used to think when I was a kid, I used to thought it was really cool. I, I mean, I guess with the catwalks and whatnot, but yeah. Uh, anyways, well, that'll do it for us. I think uh, we got a lot to lot to watch this weekend. Uh, a lot to catch you up on next weekend when we do this. Uh, the show recorded again live on Twitch. All the details will be where you can find them. Uh, if you have, if you are joining us live, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, throwing in your takes, your you know things you want to have us discuss. And you know, if you want to interact with us, be sure to give me a follow on Twitter, and Willie and I will talk about some stuff we want to incorporate into the show for next week. But that's uh, that's pretty much all for us, Willie. Any any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, no, got nothing. All right, I think we're ready to roll. It's just past midnight here on the West Coast, so we are ready to get out of here. So for Willie, I'm Owen. This has been Hot Takes Only, and we will catch you all next week, same time, same place. See you then.